You're listening to Free Talk Live on the Vanguard News Network.
Germany is battling a tide of corruption. The head of the financial crime unit in Frankfurt says globalization has become the engine driving bribery. On Wednesday, prosecutors in Nuremberg raided offices of Siemens on suspicion that bribes were concealed as payments for services that were never provided. In recent months, there have also been raids or investigations involving Daimler Chrysler, BMW and Volkswagen. seems like any time people talk about Barack Obama, they always have to comment on how articulate he is, and it just kind of makes you wonder um, why this is always an adjective described, uh, used with African Americans with some kind of element of surprise. I just met several people who visited Israel. They included an African-American, an Indian-American, and a Cuban-American. For each it was the first visit. Their reactions were strikingly similar. Before going, they said, their only images of Israel were from the media. Conflict and controversy were the daily fare. What they saw was very different. They commented on the country's beauty. They marveled at how a nation the size of New Jersey could include both desert and snow-covered mountains. They spoke about Israel's vibrant democracy in the vigorous debates they heard. They commented on the country's advanced agriculture, booming high-tech, top-flight universities, and rich cultural life. They came back, they said, understanding far better Israel's major security challenges, given its small size and tough neighborhood. And they spoke of Israelis' deep yearning for peace, the dream of coexistence with their neighbors. Israel, the more you know, the more you understand. There were kids with t-shirts that said, I love fried chicken, and they served fried chicken at the events. Um, there's, you know, one picture of a girl dressed up like Aunt Jemima. I mean, these are, are stereotypes that have been around for centuries that have absolutely nothing to do with hip-hop. documents revealing the desperate efforts of Anne Frank's family to escape from Nazi-occupied Holland in 1941 have been discovered thanks to a clerical error. Times reporter Patricia Cohen says the documents lay undisturbed in a warehouse for nearly 30 years. The 81 pages of government papers and personal correspondence predate the two years Anne Frank chronicled in her famed diary. complicated and dangerous region. The daily headlines are a sobering reminder. 
But in that complex picture, there's one country that stands apart because it's a genuine democracy, because it respects the faiths of all its citizens, and because its primary quest from day one has been peace. The country, Israel. From its creation with the UN's blessing in 1948, Israel has sought peace with its neighbors. That's a fact. Israel's Declaration of Independence said, we extend our hand to all neighboring states and their peoples in an offer of peace and good neighborliness. In the ensuing years, two courageous Arab leaders from Egypt and Jordan grabbed that hand. Peace was achieved and has lasted. The hand remains extended. Three consecutive Israeli prime ministers have called for a two-state agreement with the Palestinians, but tragically so far to no avail. It's like Waco check, check, when the check, tank check, check, is check. ramming One, two, the building three, and four. knocking down the whole back third and running. Yeah, that's iTunes for you. Hello, everyone. It's Dietrich. Very glad to be back with you today. Let's see. Hearing my levels are a little bit hot. One, two, three. Check, check. There we go. All right. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Had to edit some levels there at the last moment. That's what I get for mixing these news clips with uh, headphones on at low volume. But uh, how are you doing? It's Dietrich back with the Friday night edition of Free Talk Live. It's February 16th for the next few hours. The uh, the Skype ID is VNN Free Talk Live. That's one word. You can join the show if you have the Skype app. If you do not have the Skype app, we also have a uh, an old-fashioned landline. The telephone number is 660-675-4388. But as uh, par for the course is that we ask that you Skype message us first so that we know you're coming on, so that we can coordinate things amongst the 500 other things that uh, you coordinate when you're doing one of these shows. I hope everybody is well. It has been a, quite an eventful week. Uh, one hardly knows where to start. Um, but uh, how about that Monday Night Free Talk Live with Bill White as someone not very familiar with the, this quote movement? Um, I was pretty—I don't know—I was pretty surprised actually. He—he he sounded quite coherent compared to. Um, I don't know. He kind of strikes me, or, or the, the his writing sometimes. I mean, it's okay, but it struck me sometimes as kind of tabloid-esque. And his uh, a lot of what he said was very sound. Like I know for a fact that the things he was talking about, Saudi Arabia and the other Arab nations uh, having the United States come in and build their infrastructure for them, 
uh, for instance. Not not many people know that, and he seemed to know all about that. So, um, and a lot of the economic stuff he said was also uh, pretty sound, although I don't agree with uh, much of it. I mean, he sounds like he's kind of coming from the left, but uh, as far as economics go, but you know that's okay. Uh, men of goodwill can disagree with one another um, on most things. Some things aren't up for grabs. <laughs> Almost everything's up for grabs, but no Jews just right is non-negotiable, I guess we could say. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I wanted, wanted to alert you if you hadn't had the chance to listen to the Monday Night Free Talk Live with Jeff Beck uh, hosting Bill White as guest. I thought it was pretty darn good. Um, tonight, I'm going to start what I believe, I think it will be three, uh, part, a three-part series on Iberia, not Siberia. And what that means is the peopling of the Americas by Aryans, by Caucasians, rather than uh, Amerins, uh Asiatics. Those are those are those little four foot tall things you see running around at the uh, office depot, or I mean the uh, Home Depot rather. <laughs> now that's me hanging around at the office depot looking for work since they sent all our tech jobs overseas. Um, let's see, a few other things. I was just uh, I just got a a PM a little while ago, or actually a Skype message from someone. I won't say his name since he. I didn't ask him. He probably wouldn't mind, but I won't say his name anyway, uh, just because I don't know what his preference is. But he was uh, saying that, or he gave me a little tip that the Channers were now ha- had bitten off apparently more than they could chew, and had started to go after um, perverted the PervertedJustice.com people. PervertedJustice.com is kind of an uh, <laughs> it's the exact opposite of what it kind of sounds like it's people going after uh, pedophiles or people people like you know, entrapping pedophiles you know for good or bad no uh, you know pedophiles definitely need to be put in a dark hole somewhere so I don't I'm not I'm not using the loaded version of that entrapping thing but they they try to snare them online and uh, apparently the uh, a lot of the Chan websites and pedophilia. There's a there's a little bit of a um, there's a little bit of a section of both groups that uh, cross over, I guess. And Chan has hosted some uh, kitty stuff, from what they were saying. I'm not sure, but if you Google uh, Chan and perverted justice in quotes, you can you can see a little bit of what I'm talking about. But apparently they have bitten off a little bit more than they can chew. The perverted justice people have put uh, a few dozen, like 80 people or so, in jail just last year. At least that's their claim. Uh, They seem somewhat well-connected. A lot of photos of them shaking hands with police officers and agents on their website. Uh, So the channers may have bitten off a little bit more than they can chew. I don't know. If somebody's listening to uh, any of you channers are listening to this, Come on to the forum, because Lord knows we know you have accounts, uh, and give us your side. I guess you know maybe maybe go to the uh, opposition or something. You know, keep it a one thread. 
But um, but yeah, a little bit later, we're going to have Alex Linder on to talk about um, there was an actual rape. Now, you would never know this uh, had you not been visiting sites like VNN and GoVNN.com. You'd never know this, but there was an actual bona fide rape, or there seems to have been one now, an actual live rape at on the Duke campus or, or near the Duke campus at a uh, black frat house of a white woman. Uh, so, you know, it's a hush crime in effect and it's friggin' outrageous. We're going to be talking about that a little bit later on and, uh, you know, Alex is going to get wound up about that and he's going to be on to talk about that. And, it, and, it's, and rightfully so, it's outrageous. There's so many angles to it. Uh, the media criticism... I mean, I was telling my wife earlier today, I was like, you know what? <laughs> we always criticize the media and talk about how they they report some crimes and then they don't report hush crimes. But goddamn, I mean, they really aren't reporting this. Um, and there have been some demonstrations on the forum about that, how Google News is picking up hundreds and hundreds of one that apparently didn't happen. And hardly anything from this other one that, that seems to... Uh, indeed have happened, but time will tell, but even the basic facts of this this new, or this actual rape case, uh, even the basic facts appear uh, more sound, right? But in the news, actually we got a number of other th- uh, smaller things in the news. I wanted to play um, kind of an interesting clip from, if you haven't heard Alex Linder's appearance on, uh, you know, if you've ever heard of Say Oprah, Don't Lie and stuff like that, Alex did an appearance or a radio appearance on uh, on a West Coast, uh, I think it's KABC, and he did a great job, I thought, and you can download that from the archives at GoVNN.com, just click on up on the top right, the uh, radio archives, under Alex Linder's uh, entry, you can see uh, this one uh, MP3, right? So he uh, he did a really great job, and I pulled a couple clips out of it, and uh, <laughs> which I it it's the it's the Oprah don't lie if you've ever heard that, right? Apparently it's not showing up on my iTunes right now. I'm having a bad iTunes moment, but um, there was a woman, a black woman, making an accusation that. Uh, the Oprah Don't Lie thing is about this black woman that's making an accusation that that these founding fathers were having sex with all the black women, right? And uh, surprise, surprise, it, it turns out that uh, it's not so. Uh, there's a headline from the BBC that we'll be going over in a minute where they actually uh, took the DNA and they examined the haplogroups and they found out that this, what, what they thought had been an African haplogroup was actually uh, from England and they actually found the same thing in people with uh, the Jefferson like Thomas Jefferson as in Thomas Jefferson the Jefferson last name in England with the same haplogroup so um, you know maybe Oprah does lie I don't know we'll get to the bottom of it eventually but uh, also we've got this FBI agent staging a uh, Nazi quote-unquote rally in Orlando. Uh, it's pretty much outrageous. We have a little bit of insight into that. Um, 
and I have a few I have a couple insights on that that have to do with stuff that that I understand a little bit more uh, that I'm going to relate that to um, the struggle that uh, or the media uh, struggle against Iran and uh, all this hype going on presently about the IEDs and whatnot. Uh, you know when Bush accusing the Iranians of arming the uh, Iraqi insurgency, would you believe that the British armed is arming the Iraqi insurgency? Uh, if you if you uh, if that shocks you in any way, you will definitely want to stay tuned because uh, we go through a mainstream news report here in the Independent that actually blogged months ago. Let's see, I'll be on the safe side, I'll say weeks ago. Can't remember exactly when, but about them supplying uh, the IRA, the Irish Republican Army, with IEDs, and then th th this is the same model of IED that's winding up, uh, this new and improved IED that's winding up, uh, and the munitions used against British and American soldiers in Iraq. They're saying it's via Iran but it's actually via the Crown Intelligence Services. So we're going to go over that in a little while. Let's see. Until then, I'm going to go ahead and uh, let's go over this Thomas Jefferson thing real quick. The report is, DNA tests carried out on two British men have shed light on a mystery surrounding the ancestry of Thomas Jefferson, America's third president. In the 1990s, DNA was taken from male relatives of Jefferson to see if he fathered a son with one of his slaves. They found the president had a rare genetic signature found mainly in the Middle East and Africa, calling into question his claim of Welsh ancestry. But his DNA type has now been found in two Britons with the Jefferson surname. Professor Mark Jobling from the University of Lancaster and colleagues discovered that the two British Jefferson possessed the same rare male chromosome type as the third U.S. president. Genetic analysis showed that the British men shared a common ancestor with Thomas Jefferson about 11 generations ago, but neither knew of any family links to the U.S. The unusual lineage has not been found in white Britons before. This discovery scotches any suggestion that Jefferson, who was president between 1801 and 1809, must have had recent paternal ancestors from the Middle East. And fighting the reporter for the story, it means that the claim that he was having sex with the black women is looking more ridiculous than ever. And in fact, the the assertion made, I mean, making anti-white assertions like that, I mean, it's like being Jewish means never having to say you're sorry. Well, making anti-white assertions like that in the media, or God forbid, even in science, uh, is very easy to do, as we'll find out very shortly about this uh, um, when we go over some of the, the Kenny Wakeman uh, saga and the, the new information that's coming out from archaeologists and anthropologists on the peopling of the Americas. But right now, I'm going to spin a tune real quick, and I will be right back, and I will read what I've got as far as uh, as far as that goes, and I think it's quite interesting. I spent a little bit of time on it, so I definitely want you to check it out. So for right now, let me go ahead and 
Spin a tune. We'll be right back. Photoshop and everything, and I, I've uh, made a few Tabermans uh, inspired by some of the recent Goy fires and the uh, discussion of prehensile snouts. And uh, here comes a poster on VNNforum.com, Fur and Loathing in DFW, I guess that's Dallas-Fort Worth, I'm guessing, uh, appears to be using MS paint and, uh, you know, just completely blows me out of the water with a, a Taperman from MS paint with a, with a yarmulke. Yeah, good job, man. I, I mean, I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm, I'm a cut-and-paste type of guy, but, uh, you know, good work. You, you guys that use MS Paint, I mean, you, <laughs> you really need to try the GIMP or some uh, some of the high-end programs. You, you guys could you guys could be pretty dangerous with that, with that stuff, seeing what you can do with, uh, with just uh, lowly MS Paint. But uh, let me, let's go over this one report real quick, or this one, uh, 
right up here on the peopling of the Americas. This is the first and what I'm quite sure will be a three-part series. I'm going to do the peopling of the Americas tonight, which uh, this will be a little five-minute thing. And uh, next week or ne next show, I'll do a uh, one on Kennywick Man in particular. And then on the last installment, I want to do uh, Aryan Invasion. That kind of ties up the rest of the world in light of the fact, uh, or in light of the the other things that we're going to go over, right? And I'm going to try to get uh, Willsborg on with us because uh, I mentioned it to him, and he sounded like he was interested in, in joining in with the uh, Aryan Invasion stuff. And I'm sure he'd he'd have a a lot to add. Iberia, not Siberia. What it all means. Uh, first of all, Iberia is, uh, they call it Spain, or the, uh, the section of Spain, the Iberian Peninsula. And Siberia, of course, is uh, the extreme eastern uh, Siberia. It's extreme east of Russia, right up there where, uh, at the Bering Strait, where it's you know, right across a stone's throw from Alaska. And what they're saying, what, what, what the name Iberia, not Siberia, implies is that the peopling of the Americas came not from a land bridge going across the Bering Strait, but, or at least primarily and uh, first, thousands of years before we can show uh, populations going across that land bridge, Asiatic populations going across that land bridge. It appears that uh, we have Aryans coming from the Iberian Peninsula through uh, over glaciers and uh, uh, basically a, a, an ice bridge from there. Uh, but what does that mean? Uh, well, well, it means a lot of stuff, actually, but uh, only a decade ago, uh, archaeologists knew, or, or at least they thought they knew, when and how human beings ended up on, on the American continent. So this is all quite recent. Uh, Kennewick Man was discovered, uh, if I recall correctly, in 1996. There have been a few others. Uh, the 90s were... Uh, were a very bad time for uh, uh, the scientific backing of the multicult, so to speak. But picture the area around the Bering Strait, in Al over there where Alaska is, where the extremity of uh, eastern Siberia and Alaska nearly come into contact, uh, down into the Canadian and North American interior. About 15,000 years ago, the uh, Wisconsin and Glacier was at its maximum. It was during an ice age, and it acted as a as a wall that blocked off land routes south in, into what is now the United States and into the interior of Canada. And uh, I mean, it, it it blocked off pretty much anything south of the Bering Strait itself. Uh, somewhere between thirteen thousand and twelve thousand years ago, uh, a corridor opened up between uh, these large sheets of ice into interior Canada. Uh, along the ice-free corridor, uh, or this is what we thought, that people from the Northeast Asia began to enter 
the North American continent follow, following uh, megafauna like woolly mammoths and mastodons. Uh, scientists referred to these people as Clovis because of a discovery of one of their camps near Clovis, New Mexico, early in the 20th century. Since since uh, since that discovery, I believe it was in the 20s, since that time, uh, archaeologists have uncovered Clovis artifacts all over North America, and all over the Americas, rather. And according to the theory, Clovis descendants pushed southward, populating... Uh, like the bottom third, the southern third of North America, all the way down through South America. Uh, they, we supposed that they went from a following the herds hunting strategy, obviously, because there, there were no more herds to follow, and they had gotten to the end of the line, so they switched over to a hunter-gatherer approach and settled down. Uh, these southerners are known generally as Amerins, uh, around 10,000, 10,500 years ago, a second big migration came across from Asia and uh, became the Nadine people. Uh, and they settled the central portion of uh, the North American continent. And a lot of the, like Navajo and a lot of these Indian tribes, uh, are the descendants of the Nadine. And we, we're pretty sure that we can tell that through uh, linguistic anthropology. Uh, and finally, uh, on the near side of that, about 10,000 years ago, a third immigration came across and settled in the northern areas of North America, of the North American continent and, uh, and Greenland. And today we call those Eskimos and Aleuts, like, as in the Aleutian uh, Islands, which is that chain of islands that follow an arc off the coast of uh, Alaska. Evidence supporting this scenario included the fact that None of the archaeological sites in the North American continent, none of them could be predated uh, before like 11,200 years, like 11,500 years ago. Uh, there had been anomalies. We'd been finding anomalies for, for some time here and there, very isolated. Uh, one was uh, the Metacroft, uh, Meadowcroft Rock Shelter in Pennsylvania. Um, but there, were, there was so few information, there was always the, uh, the overriding uh, judgment on the whole thing was that it must have been contamination of the site and the, the dating wasn't accurate. Uh, linguistic data was called upon and the three broad categories of language were identified, roughly paralleling the Amaran, Nadine, Eskimo, uh, what they call a tripart division. Archaeological sites uh, were identified in the ice-free corridor, and most of the early sites were early Clovis, or at least megafauna-adapted lifestyles. Um, for archaeologists and anthropologists, there was a high degree of confidence. Uh, for others, it fit a political agenda, so rather than being treated as any other archaeological theory, uh, where we always leave little doors open for ourselves, such as using the term theory, right? It was institutionally adopted from the ground up. Everyone from preschoolers to linguistic anthropologists were all on the same page, which is rather remarkable if you think about it, uh, in light of how such theories are generally treated by the scientific community. Few other theories have such lockstep acceptance, except for perhaps that which we call Holocaust research, maybe. Uh, 
you can't really find that much institutional rigidity uh, in any such range of opinion. So it was quite lockstep. Uh, the theory of a recent population populating of the New World by Asiatics coming over in three waves uh, tied everything up rather neatly for everyone, it seemed. In the 1990s, that all began to fall apart. Archaeologists uncovered artifacts on Monte Verde in the far southern corner, corner of Chile that were confidently dated uh, at about 12,500 years old. Uh, this find was more than a thousand years older than Clovis and 10,000 miles south of the suggested point of entry at the Bering Strait. The site contained evidence of a broad-based subsistence, including mastodon, but also extinct species of llama and shellfish and, and uh, you know, flora and fauna that, uh, that we could date quite ac accurately. Huts arranged in a uh, group provided shelter for 20 to 30 people. Uh, basically, these pre-Clovis uh, tribes were living in a lifestyle far different from Clovis, a lifestyle more advanced we, that we would consider more advanced, more technologically uh, or culturally advanced. Uh, they weren't following herds. They were living 20 and 30 to uh, a family. Uh, and they had uh, a lot different... They had, they had, a, they had some... Uh, they had some cultural markers that we couldn't quite make sense out of. Um, there was other evidence at Charlie Lake Cave uh, and other sites uh, in Canada in what, what was earlier referred to as the Ice-Free Corridor in British Columbia that indicates that contrary to earlier assumptions, peopling of the interior of Canada didn't take place until after the Clovis occupations. No dated uh, mastodon fossils were found in the uh, in this area, uh, for instance, until quite recently. Uh, in other words, the settlement of the ice-free corridor area happened from the south, not the north. So this is disturbing stuff. If you if you previously believed this was uh, a done deal, a settled fact, this is a disturbing stuff. The people who traveled into the continents were not primitive and dependent on mastodons like the Clovis people, but were uh, generalized uh, hunter-gatherers with a broad base of subsistence. Most astonishing, uh, the human skeletal remains recovered dating to these times, such as the Kennewick Man, which we'll get to next time, are providing genetic and morphological proof that the earliest peoples on the continent were not typically Asian, as was expected, but were Caucasoid. Uh, we'll be right back. I'm going to spin one tune, and we will return in just a minute with these, this bizarre FBI uh, rally. Okay, we'll be right back.
Dietrich. We're back with a Friday night edition of Free Talk Live. A paid FBI informant was the man behind a neo-Nazi march through the streets of Paramore that stirred up anxiety in Orlando's black community and fears of racial unrest that triggered a major police mobilization. That revelation came Wednesday in an unrelated federal court hearing that has prompted outrage from black leaders, some of whom demanded an investigation into whether the February 2006 march was itself staged by law enforcement agencies. The FBI would not comment on what it knew about the involvement of its informant, 39-year-old David Gletty of Orlando, in the neo-Nazi event. Orlando City Councilwoman Daisy Lynham whose district includes the march route west of Interstate 4, said she wants to know who was behind the march, the neo-Nazis or the FBI and other law enforcement agencies. If it was staged, I would feel very uncomfortable and would ask for a full-scale investigation, Lynham said, to come to a predominantly black community, excuse me, which could have resulted in great harm to the black community. I would hate to be a part of the game. It's a mockery, mockery to the community for someone else to be playing a game with the community. Others applauded the FBI's infiltration of the neo-Nazis. It's one of the largest extremist groups in the country, and Gleddy was one of the most visible individuals in the National Socialist Movement, said Andy Rosencrantz, State Regional Director for the ADL. Quote, generally the FBI and the Joint Terrorism Task Force in Florida does an excellent job. We have someone on the line that's qualified to speak on this perspective. I think I recognize that telephone number. Do I? Hello. Okay. Bestiality time. Close your ears, kitties. <laughs> what are you wearing? Yeah, really. Uh, I promise it's not dirty. Right. I promise it's not the swap biscuit earrings again. But really, we really need a lot more threat of violence in our neighborhoods. We need the, the, the police paying the police to, to cause threatening environment in our neighborhoods. We really need that like a hole in the head. Yeah, isn't there enough violence already in black neighborhoods? Well, I would say that there's enough of a threat of unrest. And ironically, I just heard from my better half, I just, just heard this. If the people in that neighborhood during that time were barbecuing, they could care less. Which, I mean, yeah, of course, they're not going to feel threatened by 22 people, but the idea that they, they thought that they could bring uh, um, unpeace and unrest, and, and it would be at the hands of the police. The police would be buying their way into terrorizing us under the guise of police. That's the way I see it. I don't see it as just a casual mishap. No, of course it's not a casual mishap. These things don't happen by accident. Are yeah. you kidding me? And these people are bar- these people are barbecuing. They couldn't care less. I thought that was really interesting. How many people, I, uh, from what I understand, I may not have the stats correctly, there were 22 people out there and tens of thousands in law enforcement dollars spent over those 22 people. So it's the police making jobs for the police. Right. Police making work for yeah yeah they roll their own right. <laughs> well, they're making jobs for the police because obviously you know you wouldn't have needed to to invest all those law enforcement dollars unless there was some kind of a rally to protect right. So you you see the big circle. Well yeah you said the blacks were were grilling and stuff and that may be some of them but a lot of them 
there, there was a large campaign at the time, and I remember this because I I videotaped this, or I, I yeah, I taped this on my computer. The uh, um, there was a whole campaign by black clergy, and I looked like a representative from the ADL. Uh, at the time, I remarked to my wife, this guy totally looked like Big Jew standing there at this uh, little talk that they were giving. And it was a uh, campaign that they said, be cool. It was the be cool campaign, right? Well, you know what? These rallies give those, the people in, in these political organizations, they now have to do their job and shine up and say the right things to get revoted and reelected and loved by their followers. But as far as the real black people giving a triple flying, No. I think that this is just an excuse for everybody that wants to show that they're so active to get out and show they're active. But the actual civilians in any given neighborhood, I don't think are participating or could give a triple for Honestly, that's how, that's the way I see it. So all you, you know, singing to the choir, choir singing to the choir, a competing choir singing to another competing choir. Who's the audience? Well, the audience, that's my point. The audience would seem to be the American public. Now, I think everyone... They don't care. They're barbecuing. <laughs> Well, no. I mean, what they're trying to do is make anyone with uh, non-kosher politics look ridiculous, and they're doing a damn fine job. It's 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 splendid, <laughs> splendid job indeed. Um, yeah, that, that, I don't I don't see a real threat. The thing to me that gets me tickled a little bit about these rallies is, that from a black person's perspective, in my lifetime, I have never known of a white organization that uh, generated any fear in my heart. In in this generation, it doesn't really happen that a white organization walking through an area would, would scare the black people. It's just not going to happen. For whatever reason, it's just not the case. Well, so I've always it. wondered, in the last 20 years, who is organizing these rallies? Well, 30. It, it, I mean, it's not, the marches in I'm, Skokie, do you know anything about those? The, say that one more time. The, there were... Uh, supposed Nazi marches through Skokie, Illinois, through a neighborhood of, quote, Holocaust survivors, and... Oh, I, well, yeah, maybe Jews are scared. I mean, just like blacks. No, I no, mean, no, name, no, no. I'm name. not talking about whether they're scared or not, but this march was organized by a person we found out to be a Jew and probably working for the federal oh. government. I wouldn't doubt it. And at least it looks like the choir singing to the choir singing to the competing choir. My point it is, is it's a pretty damn good marker. It's a pretty damn good way of telling something if uh, the government wants to discredit right-wing groups by dressing them up like Nazis. Uh, it's not costing them very much. I mean, really, from what I read, it costs like 20 They're paying the people $25 or $50 to attend a meeting. That's chump change. I mean, your average, anybody, you, you see what I mean? It's like they're paying bottom dollar for next to nothing, almost like they're they're funding a play for occasional viewing, and it doesn't cost so much so you can let the play run all the time and close the door. And right, just open it when you want to see it. it but still, they are, in fact, no matter how much they're paying, they are paying attention. And that's more. That says a lot more about how much of our tax money they're throwing around. I mean, they they said they paid this guy at least twenty thousand dollars, and you know, when when the government says we paid him at least twenty thousand dollars, I mean, I mean, I I, I, yeah. just, I just clipped that out of the story because it wasn't useful, because it could be a twenty million dollars for all we know the way that these things go. Uh, but my point is, is that if the government, uh, if the government is uh, dressing people up like Nazis, and uh, I, 
It's for fun. It costs less than the average Broadway. Off, 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 off Broadway costs way more than the production the government funded here. Right. But the point is, is that they're trying to keep right-wing, non-kosher politics uh, in the mainstream. They're trying to keep it pushed yeah. out into the mainstream. Yes, so yes, I agree with you. They do these obnoxious things like, you know, marching through this. I mean, come on. I mean, who cares well, that the Holocaust didn't happen and these old Jews are full of shit? You have to be smarter than that, and no one in their right mind would do that. Just like, I, I don't really think too many people in their right mind would have... would. Go down there to Orlando. I don't know. I mean, that, I, there's at least one person that I like that went down there. But still, I, I just I just think that's a really dumb move. And I, my opinion is backed up from the government, who's at least smart enough to know that this is a good thing to discredit non-kosher politics. It, it doesn't benefit at all. Like, if you're going to do a cost-benefit analysis to doing the next rally, any group, black masses, white masses, it doesn't matter, the next cost-benefit to doing that, well, okay, no, well, uh, let me just keep it to this topic. The next, for instance, rally in Orlando, what would be the benefit? None. There's not going to be a single skid black person, and what the cost is going to be, you look like clowns. So I, I have to wonder if the government is funding all of Paying these people to sit in these meetings, there's a great incentive for these people lie about what's going on. They could completely make up meetings. I mean, they could completely make up plan For all you know, it's just a bunch of informants all making up stories among each other and then collecting checks. I wonder how many real, sincere people will go out and make that kind of demonstration that looks so bad and generates no good. Or tell me about a good it generates that I can't see. Well, I mean, there are plenty of people who do things that aren't smart but, but mean well. I mean, well, they can mean well, but why are they, why are they still participating? After a time, if you don't see that you're just sort of like playing dress up, and uh, well, you know. uh, yeah, I know, I know. Moving right along, though, uh, it, the thing is, it's not just that this uh, Gleedy guy uh, participated in it. Uh, Bill White on the forum said that he brought people with him, including a mulatto. <laughs> Yeah, but that's <laughs> the reason that what I was saying about these people are just sort of paying each other to, to be there and, oh, we're going to keep, you know, collecting checks. We need to come up with a juicy story. So they're making up stories. Probably none of this crap is happening for real. Well, who knows, but he, he said he was just there and participated in it, but the documentation shows that, and his own words show that uh, he orchestrated the event. He signed the permits. He... Uh, let's see, there's a quote here where he said he admitted uh, that, that he was the ringleader of the thing. He was listed as the on-scene event manager. Yeah. And he I saw later that he made a quote or something saying that he wasn't, uh, he's not responsible because he, he wasn't, um, he, he didn't leave the thing or something like that. And then it later came out that he applied for the permit. That also means he was like the, the, the face that would interact with law enforcement and make agreements about how that would go, right? Right. Yeah, he, he handled, he interfaced with the police, apparently, as far as, uh, uh, let's see, I believe there's another quote here, but uh, on 1706, I got the permits and started the ball rolling uh, on 225 uh, in downtown Orlando. My crew and I got it done, whatever it was, but... Um, they talked to the cops, so that's exactly the scenario I painted the choir singing to the choir. We sit face-to-face right there. If the cops are... <laughs> And then he's going to make agreements with the cops on how to 
and he is a cop. Right, but why is the government paying people to uh, get a bunch of uh, dress-up people together and, and scare the hell out of black people? Because I'm telling that's you the, what. It's, it's not scaring any black people. That's yeah, the funny. Like, you that. pick me, to, you pick Urkel out of a crowd and say, are you scared of this? And he will laugh. It's not scary to any black people, so to what end? And I don't mean the stop the people who are in it. I, what I mean I by scared or, or it pisses them off or it... it, it not even that. It's like a joke to, to us in this generation. It's not even pissed off level. It's um, sort well, of like I, you go, ha ha. Yeah, it's a joke to us too. But you know, I mean, it, but but what it does is, I, what I'm trying, what my point is, is that it enforces kosher politics. I think, yeah. it, it, and it keeps credible people away from supporting what might be a legitimate cause. I think a little bit by saying, oh well, look, they're marching in neighborhoods and trying to intimidate people. You don't want to support that. To maybe credible people that would support other um, other forms of of uh, nationalism. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, the, the Jewish caricature of nationalism is what... Yeah. Uh, you know what I did? Uh, I, um, and I said so on the forum, I, vnnforum.com, I uh, called up Adora O.B. Uh, Nweezy. Wheezy! I called her up and uh, I called Wheezy and I... I passed along uh, something that I had read on the forum from Bill White, who was there, and said that he brought along four people. Uh, well, there was a quote in here from Wheezy, the NAACP director uh, in uh, Orlando or, or Miami, I guess, for the, for the general area, or maybe for the state of Florida. I don't know. Anyway, but she, she said that she wanted to get to the bottom of it, and was it just him, or was he just there, or was he trying to infiltrate the place or was he setting it up in a ringleader well I called and spoke with her and I said that it, you know he was the ringleader they've got the PDF up on the website of the newspaper that he signed the paper he was bragging about uh, uh, being the ringleader and moreover that he brought four people with him or at least four people or I, I believe I said three or four people with him and in the photographs I, from what I understand they're the ones wearing the t-shirts so, you know, I hope she does uh, get off to it, and I hope the NAACP choose the government a new one. I mean, I, I hope that they really get to the bottom of it. I think a good way that might that also uh, inflame black people, if, if they knew or if the connection was made, I'll go ahead and make the connection. <clears throat> if this, this uh, federal informant um, was discovered to be a federal informant in a drug trial, and um, and he's setting up rallies to go through black neighborhoods, um, and he's supposedly robbing black drug dealers. You know, there's an obvious connection right there that can lead to critically inflammatory. Like, if this guy was robbing drug dealers and then pretending to be one of you and then marching in a rally right through a black neighborhood, you don't see how problematic that could be, how riots could erupt. What said would have taken responsibility for arranging that if riots would have erupted? Yeah. Who needs that? Yeah. Like, we need that like a hole in the head. So this guy is um, uh, uh, supposed to be an informant. Is he under government protection now? Is he, is he gone? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Fuck him. You know? I don't know. Is there anything else you wanted to uh, to uh, bring to the front on this? I got, I'm going to move on no. to this rape story. No, I hope that they do look into it uh, uh, more deeply. And also, I hope they look into the money that the city spent to protect that event. But, uh, no, that's pretty much all I wanted to say. Oh, I do, too. And, I can, and I'll tell everyone this right now. I'm going to uh, I'm gonna follow up with the NAACP. I'm going to make sure 
that uh, Wheezy is uh, following up with the Orlando city government and the right. Orlando Police Department and, fi- and the FBI even and finding out what the hell is going on here. And uh, I'll be following up with Wheezy, right? Definitely. Well, yeah, I want to hear what happens, so postpone for sure. All righty. We'll do. All right. Well. All right. Good speaking with you, and uh, we will we'll see you next time. Indeed. We'll be right back in just about three minutes with a Friday edition of Free Talk Live.
trying to piece together what happened over the weekend at an off-campus party where a Duke student says she was raped. NBC 17 Steve Sprazia is live at police headquarters with more on where the case now stands. Good evening, Steve. Good evening, Bill. Melanie Durham police tell us when the accuser first reported the sexual assault, she was taken to a hospital so that a rape kit could be administered. Tonight, police tell us the results of that rape kit are still being analyzed, so there are no results to report on. But yet, the investigation continues on several other fronts. We've got a need for an officer to go to the emergency department reference a student that was raped. This is the call that began the investigation when Duke Hospital alerted police that an 18-year-old university student was being examined. The accuser telling police that she was raped in the bathroom on the B side of this duplex during a party attended by more than 50 people, including some Duke students. We're aware of six, six different names of students who are in that house. Tonight, sources tell NBC7 that investigators are still talking with the accuser as well as potential witnesses from that party as they search for a suspect. Right now, we are told, police have not been able to attach a name to that suspect. The school and the police are both considering this a high-profile case. And tonight, despite the attention being drawn by this case, many students are adopting a wait-and-see attitude. We have to treat everything like this seriously, but of course we also have to look at, you know, what are the facts and get all the facts and listen to all the facts and not jump to any conclusions. Other students say the lacrosse case taught them an important lesson. The lacrosse thing has made everyone a little sensitive to about it, and I think because of that, you know, regardless of whether we think we should or not, we're always going to, I think henceforth we're always going to avoid rushing to judgment in such a case, but at the same time, uh, as details emerge, you know, we really hope that there'll be a good resolution to this. And tonight, police tell us there's still a lot of investigatory legwork to be conducted, and they say that is going to take time. Live from Durham Police Headquarters, Steve Sprazier, NBC 17 News. And Steve, is there any indication that the students at Duke, they're, uh, on campus or off campus, are going to be switching or changing their habits at all? That is really hard to say right now. We know that there are a lot of programs out there to help the students. And in fact, the Vice President of Student Affairs says that in a student environment, you do get situations like this. For example, here in the city of Durham alone, we're told by the police department that they investigated 100 rapes last year in the city of Durham. Some of those obviously happen on college campuses, not here at just Duke, but elsewhere. So it's a situation that is combined with alcohol and personal behavior, sometimes can get out of hand. So as to whether students will change their behavior, that's anybody. Right now. Oh, so it's no big deal. You know, it happens hundreds of times a year. There's alcohol. They're just kids. And there's no names. There's no nothing. There's no Seligman. There's no, uh, there's no bloviating, verbal diarrhea about the legacy of slavery and how this harkens to shit that really isn't really documented as ever having happened or, or, or just very, very rarely happened. And, uh, you know, I hope I'm not the only one to see the hypocrisy involved in, in just this report. It, um, yeah, it's a bit of an outrage, actually. Um, Alex, are you there? Oh, I'm ringing Alex. It's really hard to right now. Yeah, I just rang him out of the blue, so he's hustling to turn off his feed and probably grab his microphone. But, you know, all, and this entire clip here, they're talking about restraint, not passing judgment, 
And uh, yeah. you know, we're not going to name names. We're going to we- walk on eggshells, and you know, even oh, this happens. It's a college town. There's alcohol. It's hundreds of times a year. Yeah. And then what? Well, compare Dieter, that to the Duke case. Do you do you detect a notable lack of enthusiasm? I'm looking the at the guy's face. I'm going to post the link to this right now, uh, so that maybe during the next break or something, you guys can look at this video if you haven't seen it already. And the, just the, the mugs on these people reporting this stuff—they look like they're scared of something. I Rape is the black man's lacrosse. Rape is the <laughs> All right, posted it to the the videos on the top right, but. You know, they, <laughs> they, uh, th- you know, we, we always say, we always criticize the media about, uh, about this very thing, about uh, these hush crimes, as it's, as it's been termed quite aptly. Um, and yet, it's still surprising. Why? Why is it still so surprising, Alex? Well, because. It's just uh, that fucking outrageous. It, Maybe. It, what's so surprising is just don't these people ever get sick of living in a fantasy world where you know rich white lacrosse players are raping ugly black whores and yet you know black hood rat scum is, is not raping attractive white girls I mean that it's just not how the world works and everybody knows it and you know the, the, you, you see what happened here here's the thing is the, the paper of record which I guess okay Durham, ha- Durham has a paper there's a Duke Chronicle, but the main paper seems to be the Charlotte News and Observer, right. and and what you got is you know they're they're downplaying and, and eluding various details, and so the story kind of drags out over time. But basically, they're this taking is a, a very black prudent rat. wait and see attitude. Very very prudent of them. Yeah, they're very yeah. All of a sudden, they're really concerned about the facts, which of course you don't recall at all when when the white students were there. You 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 heard a lot of rage and people running around and talking about killing people and the prosecutor making biased statements. But here, you know, oh, well, we got to get the facts, and all of a sudden they're they're very earnest and pious and yeah. long faced. We yeah. don't want to have one of our hood rats falsely accused. You know, it's almost like it, it because it doesn't fit in with their upside down worldview. Because it doesn't fit, it's almost like it does not compute, and they just toss it into the to the uh, mental it's, trash it's can. It's fear-based suppression, and, and, and the, the hatred in these people is extremely strong. And I know from letters I've received that these the, the white liberal elite who run Duke are just like the white obnoxious twats from San Francisco that I encountered at Pomona, and it's just true. like the uh, the three named uh, wasp and, and Germanic assimilated clowns who, who ran uh, my school and, and I did battle with there and by God, they hate they hate people who live in line with factual reality and speak the simple truth about stuff and, and their way of distancing themselves is to buy into this bogus ideology in which all people are equal and by God we have to do whatever we can to suppress the truth they treat so, us like we're blowing the curve by mentioning by bringing up uh, objective reality yeah they hate us and they consider us evil for saying, hey, I, I think they reserve all of the outrage for us. They misdirect out, outrage that ought to be directed at at the nigger raping the white girl onto the white man who discusses it. And you know what? What? Where do they go to get the reputation back? Those those Duke kids. I mean, Christ! I talked about you know that Reed Seligman now. As far as I know, the guy's not a Jew, and I, I mentioned this before, but it, it, it's interesting. No, I don't think he's a Jew either. I heard ESPN call him Seligman. Right. Like, I've never heard of any Seligmans in my life. 
I've heard of Seligman's. Trying to make it sound as un-Jewy Yeah, they were definitely trying to make it sound like he was not a Jew when he, when he was being accused of, of the rape. Right. And, and, and then later I heard them call him uh, Seligman uh, once it became clear that this was just a, a hoax. But here, you've got to paint the picture and draw the scenario. And I think you did a, a little of that, but this is taking place at a frat house owned by a, a rich white... Uh, graduate in '81, he owns an oil company. He's he's donated something like 16 million to Duke. Apparently, he bought this as some kind of a private investment, is what he is saying, and it's inhabited by a black fraternity. Right. Right. What is it? Phi Beta Sigma, founded by guys up at Howard, Howard is a university in D.C. That's basically all black. Historically and, black. And yeah, historically black. So so this nigger frat, and keep in mind they found marijuana, coke, and oxycontin in here. So it's That's obvious right. we're de- we are dealing with a serious nest of students here. Now, what kind of these drugs, brothers what were kind studying of drugs to, did they to find in the, the lacrosse house, Alex? I don't recall <laughs> there being any type of illicit mix, nada, and zilch. Right. A, a really a devilish concoction of the three. And it's probably some crappy light beer. Now nah, they're Duke. They probably had a little bit better beer. Yeah. In their kegs, but. Yeah. Uh, Nevertheless, the point here is you've got a you've got a, a frat house full of of nigger students, and you can bet they had some of their hood rat friends from Durham. And this area is about fifty percent black, and I'm guessing that one of them fig, uh, figured he could get away with doing this as sort of a payback for the the accused rape that never happened of the black girl. And then again, it could have been just an ordinary nigger nigger on white rape. Yeah, I'm I'm inclined to think it's just uh, a bit of. Drunken TNB, but the the point is, is that we we know that stuff's going to happen. It's the fact that the media is trying to. Uh, e- what, what can you say? How, you, well, you can't what, get away I from think the word what, evil. What it's you evil. said, we're we're being plowed under. Uh, it's evil. They're, they're trying to erase the fact that you know if 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 we don't memory, exist, they're memory I mean, holding you. It's a yeah. you know hush cry. Throw it away. Pretend it's never happening. Muffle all dissent. If people make comments in your board, cut it out. So far from putting the, the, the facts you need to put the thing in context in the paper, they suppress stuff on their message boards. That's why VNN exists. So people would say, hey, here's what's going on. There's a lot of horrible stuff. My God, we've got something in Duke. We've got something in Tennessee. We've got something out in San Diego. Right. Niggers raping and killing whites uh, like it's a full-time job for them. Like <laughs> it's going out of style. <laughs> yeah, like they're working, they're working double time. First of all, they're collecting welfare for eight hours, and then they're going out to their parties. That they're, they're, they're buddies who are students. And probably half of them are there on scholarships that ought to have gone to deserving, uh, say, rural, poor, smart white kids, the way people like Thomas Jefferson intended. Yeah, did you, you know, notice how uh, at the at the end of this they they said that uh, the only affiliation that they provided, uh, the only affiliation with Duke University that this report even provides, is that there were six students in the house that were students of Duke University. Not that this was a frat house. I mean, if you recall, now, if I'm recalling it, correctly, yeah. right, exactly. Now, if I'm recalling correctly, that the lacrosse house wasn't an official type frat house either, was it? I don't, uh, I think, I don't think it was don't on know. school property. It wasn't on school property, if I recall correctly. Now, they're, they're both off, off, I think they're saying off campus, right right around there. Right. You know, it's a bunch of guys, uh, may, and I don't know if, I don't, I don't know, all the regulations pertaining to that or how to establish what's official or not, but it seems pretty clear this is basically a this black PBS, this black frat house. 
and and how a how a white donor ends up owning that and and having them in there. But you know, immediately, where do the reporters run? First, they cover up the fact that it's a black frat house. They don't even really mention that it, that it's a black guy. The closest they come is in the very last paragraph, saying something about a do rag. Right. And, and and then immediately they're onto their rich white benefactor. This fucker's you know 15 states away. What's he got to do with anything? So his company rents the house to these niggers. Right. And they still try to they provide <laughs> their white the white uh, uh, face. Yeah, and it's like it's like responsibility since since look, we all know niggers can't be responsible for anything, therefore it flows to the white man. Whichever white man is in the immediate vicinity accepts the responsibility for these nigger fuck ups that are continual and, and spread high because the niggers are always multiplying. The the number of niggers is always multiplying and that means the number of problems caused by niggers is always multiplying. And uh, there's something to be said when you were talking earlier about cops making their own and it's not just Niggers themselves are like a social welfare program. You know, they give the cops something to do, just like meth. They they pass laws, and they create new crimes, and then they enforce them, or they or they grow up grow up their own hate group, and then then they create a need for enforcement and draw attention to their wonderful policing of these events. It's utterly ridiculous. Yeah, it's like uh, it's almost like they're afraid their budgets are going to be cut. I, yeah, they're, I know they're that, always uh, wanting they more. Any, anybody who works for government always wants more money. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, everyone knows that government will. Uh, spend money that they'll they'll make sure that no money's left over. For instance, at the end of the year, so that their budget exactly. doesn't shrink. I mean, otherwise they can't justify an uh, uh, increased growth in the next budget. Yeah, and that's that's and you read the founders when when they were trying to figure out how can we set up a government that might be two percent better than the crap we got in Europe. Yeah. You know, they always you know government just it just keeps fucking growing. It's always going to do that. It doesn't matter if you have. <laughs> even even pure people with high-minded motivation, you're eventually going to get the scum come in because that's what politics is. And weak you're people have are a real always hard time getting, there getting be a, a majority of, of responsible, moral people in the government at any time, even in a white nation. Yeah, weak people are always going to say there ought to be a law, there ought to be some protection from that. It takes uh, it takes a more high-minded population, and and the founders knew that 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 it wasn't always going to be that way. That it would. It does take a more high-minded person to say, you know, no. Sometimes shit happens, and you know, sometimes it is your fault that this happened. Or, I mean, not talking about this rape thing, but just in general, uh, people saying, well, there ought to be a law, there ought to be government protection from that. Uh, yeah, and well, and when you know, look at and, and the government breeds the kind of people. We recorded. I wanted to say a little plug. We report we recorded Goyfire last night. In the oh, wee hours in the morning, we were able to get together. I was pretty tired, but I think we still got some good stuff in there. And we did talk about this a little bit, and a bunch of other stuff. And uh, um, oh, I lost my train of thought. But no, I know what we were talking about was uh, they're tying, tying mylar balloons to the mailbox uh, where of the Shannon Christian. You know, that's the horrible double rape murder, right? Yeah, of the white kids, and yeah. you know. You know, 50, 60, 70, 80 years ago, whites would have been up in arms with guns and gone and lynched those niggers. And probably a lot of others just to warn them. Today, what do we, we tie these stupid little balloons to mailboxes? We are allowing these people to prey on us. The government is composed of Jews leading a multicultural neo-New World Order elite, and they are eating us. We exist for their benefit is the way they see it. And if we speak up, they don't want to hear that. They're, they have this make-believe world, and they want to force everybody to play along with it. Have I said that a hundred times, Dietrich? Um, you haven't said it enough. I've said it, yeah. You say, no, I've said it a thousand times. 
But it's true. No, it is they, true. It they've is, created this artificial useful. world, we, and they're forcing us to obey it. Yeah, too many that, yeah, of oh, us. Yeah, it's real. Blacks white don't hate white women. Yeah, too many of us can, of us white males can, uh, you know, read up on the classics and teach our brains enough to, uh, can get around this retarded uh, uh, system they've concocted. We can game their system a little bit. There's too many of us running around mm-hmm. still. We're not. Uh, we're not useful. We blow the curve. They're they're happy with you know, uh, you know your average homos and and women and you know just like we were talking about last time with that Jew that uh that advertising exec that says oh yeah I'll oh. I'll, uh, I'll hire women and gay men. Hey, here's something interesting. Here here's something interesting. I'm trying to pull up a little more. And again, I'm no expert in this. Shane has done a lot. There's a lot of vnnforum.com. You know, I'm looking over this article about this rape, and I don't see anything that connects this- them to being black. No, they no they they the stupid bureaucratic cons who write the papers nowadays or the or the ma- pussified males they don't mention any facts. Uh, you you got to talk to these people. You talk to four or five of them, and you get a sense. You just you know, shit. You wipe off your shoe. You know they're not they're no fucking Hunter Thompsons or anyone who knows anything or is going to write anything interesting. They just they're no. they're either bureaucrats or they're ideologues. Well, that's why either way, what they sucks. produce is. It's not interesting. Yeah. That's why we do DNA because it's fucking interesting. They're not talking reality about is more useful. interesting than, than these, this bogus make-believe they created. Listen to this now. Now, this is even more interesting. This is someone, this is the genius of the Internet, and, and, the, and the, not the genius of it, but the, the great thing about it is you can get actual stuff where they'll let real people's voices through. Okay, this is a reader commenting in a story in Duke Chronicle. A couple of comments. What we have here is a black-on-white alleged rape committed at a drunken party given by an officially sanctioned Duke organization. In this case, the Phi Beta Sigma fraternity, the black fraternity, that has a long history of out-of-control partying. So the niggers have been carrying on, as niggers will and as niggers do, for years and years and years. So see, it fits a whole pattern of behavior. And, and yet, none of this is reported. You couldn't even guess at this. The average person reading, you know, uh, some chick claims she was raped. The entire focus, just like with white nationalists, on what the chick says, not what the nigger did. The nigger raped her. But the focus on, well, she claims she was raped. She cl- whites claim, white males claim they feel they're discriminated. But you, you point out, well, it's written in law. Ain't no claimed or belief about it. That's what it says in black and white. Well, you know, it, I don't know where you got that strange belief. You're just treated like you for observing reality or some kind of defective turd in the punch bowl. Yeah, no, it's like, it's look that, it up. Look it's it up. It's a turd in the like, punch bowl reaction. Yeah, it's like, oh, uh... <laughs> like, oh, my God, what is wrong with you? You're so not supposed to say that. And, and that's and, why journalism sucks nowadays. There, there isn't any good yeah. journalism around. There isn't the good any journalism's good. from the readers and, and the handful of writers out there who, who have gone their own way and, and made their own little worlds. You know, you could say Kaminsky. I might not even agree with 20% of what they say, but... You know, the Kaminsky's, steel, you know, little, little people here and there, and you read it and you go, oh, that's what the hell's going on. I'm yeah. sure you're not going to get it from Jad Padhor at the New York Daily News. <laughs> I'm just going to get the Israeli party line. Listen, I'm reading this for the first time. I, I'm not an expert in this case. Uh, it says, uh, exactly a parallel situation to the events of last spring. That's the rape hoax. You remember the, quote, spring of sorrows. And when the lacrosse party happened, we had carping from all lefties about if that had been a black and white crime, all the students would have already been in jail by the first day. Right. Here we have that very situation. Let's compare what actually happened. And we can see how racism and white liberal racist paternalism actually operates in the real world. (laughs) And and this guy has obviously put some thought in this. I might as well just keep reading it. Here we have white liberal dean Sue Waziolek 
tripping over herself to accommodate black fraternity members who hosted a party with illegal drugs. That would be uh, <laughs> marijuana, coke, and uh, Oxycontin. Uh, she offered no such assistance to the Duke lacrosse team. Quite apart from the rape allegations, possession of those listed controlled substances can be a felony in Durham. Who wants to bet that not a single member of the Phi Beta Sigma fraternity will ever be charged with illegal drug possession or that the fraternity will face any sanctions whatsoever? Wazolia also met with the black fraternity members, you know, the suspected felons, but yet the administration wouldn't even meet with the parents of the Duke lacrosse players. Good Lord. So... Uh, here Larry Manetta is quote waiting for the results of the DPD I guess that's Durham Police Department police investigation then Larry Manetta personally authorized the release of private emails of Duke lacrosse players to the Durham police without a court order and um, recommended to the lacrosse players that they submit to police interrogation without any lawyers present and tested you know all 47 of them I throw that in Uh, then the lacrosse case produced over 87,000 stories about white on black privileged hooliganism in the worldwide media. Now only a single news outlet, the Duke Chronicle, has published a truthful story on this case to date. The single AP wire story on the Phi Sigma Beta Party even manages to imply that the party might actually have been given by Duke white athletes. I swear to God, people who work for the AP who have been proven, that ought to be a fucking death offense. When, When white nationalists take power, we need to go through and just string these fuckers up. Because they, they are contributing not to the creation of a hostile environment, creation of a murderous environment. Well, I agree. You're, you're, it's like our hand is on the burner. It's like our hand is on the burner, and they, they want to uh, keep us numb. They don't want our they don't want us to sense that uh, that we're being this, this harvested. Is great. This, and, and, and look, here we're getting what we should actually be getting from the reporter, but it's got to come from the person. Right. Who, of course, is probably afraid to put his name up because then the cops will go after him. Well, and it well, might that's an exaggeration, anyway. but you know what I mean. Here's a little bit more, and then we'll, then I'll I'll leave off. But then then of course we could mention the Duke arranged DPD perp walk of the entire lacrosse team, the mandatory, outrageously unconstitutional Duke arranged and Durham court sanctioned DNA testing of all white party goers, the fraudulent police lineup, the castration and time to confess signs. The candlelight vigils, the harassment and death threats directed against the lacrosse team, the failing of Duke lacrosse players by Duke faculty, the publications of vigilante ads by Duke faculty, the public rallies including in a state-owned gymnasium at NCCU, probably some community college in North Carolina, demanding vigilante justice on and on and on and on. One constant of both situations. Broadhead is out of the loop. Uh, what, is that Maybe that's the president. I don't know. I don't know uh, who that is, but uh, yeah, the candlelight vigils, the the butch lesbians, the uh, the blacks driving by, making like they're doing a drive-by shooting, um, yeah. or threatening drive-by shootings, and, uh, and yeah. Let, let me tell you, it, it's a combination for those of you, those whites who are liberal and have this fantasy. I mean, yours is a death wish, and we we have we part ways with you. For the other ones, if if you think that you're helping blacks by this kind of thing, you have a false conception of white strength. In country after country, whites have been overrun by these these monkeys, these these jungle animals. And when they are in, have any kind of power over you, they will act exactly like this. They will rape, fuck, screw, steal everything they can, and destroy you and drive you off. That's what subspecies do to other subspecies. And nothing Jesus says will change that. Yeah, it's nature. Or nothing anything asserts about what this possible person Jesus may have said will change that. Reality exists. 
part of that is biology and the fact that there are different species and they are incompatible. Adults can accept that things are incompatible. Races are not the same. They have different interests. They are opposed. Stand up for your people. Fuck the niggers. Because they're fucking you. And with the approval of you asshole, rich, white, liberal fools. Ah, that's where that's where the and rubber the, meets talk the about road, isn't who, it? Who deserve to be lynched? The the, yeah. the white liberals running this this sick sham and charade. They they deserve to be lynched every bit as much as the niggers. Oh, more <laughs> so, I think. Absolutely, they're, they're, more so. They are absolutely. One is a known entity. One should know better. By by uh, no standard are they respectable. Yeah, because yeah. And, because and of you, corrupt. rich white liberals, white. Uh, White women like this are getting raped. And let that be a lesson to you white girls. This, this girl, you, you got no business going to a nigger frat party. If you think that shit you see on MTV is real, and the, these wannabe pimps, wannabe producers, wannabe rappers are going to treat you with any kind of respect, no, they're, they're going to treat you the way a nigger would always, always treat a human girl. They're just a piece of shit. They're not cool. You know, wake up. You don't go to a frat party with a bunch of coons who are doing dope. And then they got every, every coon, even if you know some nice nigger who's even smart and studies hard, guaranteed he has relatives and friends who are just scum. Because the, the nigger who can achieve white standards is maybe one in a hundred. Yeah, you know, maybe ten in a hundred can sort of fake it. One in a hundred can do it. Ten in a hundred can fake it. And the rest are just plain old niggers. And the fact that people say you can't use you can't use nigger and you can't talk about niggers and it's evil that ought to be a pretty strong clue to you. People yeah. don't have huge emotional reactions to stuff unless there's some kind of problem there. Yeah, and no one uh, no one no one wants to uh, put people in jail for saying that the Earth is flat, but they want to put people in jail for suggesting that the Holocaust might not be all it's cracked up to be. Yeah, they're even That's talking exactly about that. Right. Have you ever heard anything about that about nine eleven? They're talking about. Uh, I, I've heard some. Some peeps about that, about how they're they're talking well, about the, making 9/11 denial on par with Holocaust denial. Anti-Semitism. They're you know, even using the same Israel, terms. One of the worst disasters ever on American soil. I mean, what could be more anti-Semitic than that? Right. Trying to you know trying to prevent or trying to you know well hell they've already passed a law where you can't what like boycott Israeli goods. That's right. That's a law. You, you can't Most, use any tool you know, that the Jew is using that. against you. The U.S. government is boycotting the Palestinians, but it is. It is de facto. Uh, no, not de facto. It is in fact illegal to boycott Israel. Look Jews it up. Jews can Jew you, but you can't Jew the Jew. Imagine that. It's not right. Talk about freedom of association. I mean, even the yeah. churches in England were talking about boycotting uh, Israel, and they they had the ball rolling for a little while, but I, I, and 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 then everything kind of fell silent, and then the next year it turns out that they're not going to do it. So. Well, I don't yeah, well, know they what they, happened, they get in there and they they yeah. they mess with these people, and you have that's why I say you stand against the Jew, and you have to be willing to pay the price, and there will be a price. But if you're not willing to stand against the Jew, and you understand the pressures that come with that, then don't even bother, because they are the ones who are networked, and they are the ones who know how to exert power, just like they say in the protocols of the learned elders of Zion. They understand how to apply pressure to people. Well, you don't even bother being a man. I mean, forget standing up. Don't and, even... And you will have less pressure on you if you just come out overtly Jews, no Jews, just right to, to summon up. We don't want them. They don't belong around us. They're hostile to us. They create situations like this. They influence these white girls, and then they excuse the niggers who rape them. They set them up, they knock them down. And you're the card. You're the tool. You're the chip, you know? They're yeah. having fun. You're not. We're not. They just want to bleed you on the way. I mean, <laughs> they make money off you coming and going. Yeah. 
somehow every aspect of society is turned to the advantage of the Hebrew. Well, the Yid. The Yid, right. And, and this is part of the result. It is the result, and it's entirely predictable. I mean, and what, what was that uh, Channing Christian thing? I mean, is that the is that the couple that they set the girl on fire? Yeah, that's the couple in uh, where is it? University of Tennessee around Knoxville. Raped her for two days. Out in a date. Yep. They they killed the guy, chopped him up, and chopped her up after gang raping her, dumping chemicals in her mouth, and all kinds of obscene stuff. And I think they lit one or both of them on fire. And yeah, they're dead and gone. And can you even fathom what it would be like if a bunch of whites did that to a black? I mean, it's, it's uh, it would have been national news uh, within about news. a minute of being known. It would be it would be the dragging death of James Byrd was world it, news. It wouldn't it wouldn't even begin to peter down for at least six weeks after after the initial reporting of the crime, and within a year there would be a couple, two or three. Uh, movies made about it and it would become a lecture unit with ADL and the rest of it and uh, really says something about the white rape that they can't even dredge up anything like that historically they're forced to resort to stuff like Emmett Till you know and claim yeah. oh he was well, he was uh, lynched for whistling at a white woman well his father was a rapist and he was clearly on the same path now that may not be enough technically to get rid of him but you can damn well believe that civilized white southerners uh, know what's going on a lot better than ni- these people who are supporting the niggers and ignoring reality. So whites are remarkably tame uh, compared to some of these other ones, and we're too tame. And yeah. we need to, you know, I was take arms and in opposing and end them. Yeah, I was cutting some clips out of uh, uh, Birth of a Nation for uh, Craig Chain Cobb today. He asked me to cut some clips out for him, and I uh, handled that real mm-hmm. quick. And uh, right. I was looking over. I was fast forwarding through the film to find out and find the stuff that we wanted and uh I mean it is amazing they didn't fight hard enough and if they it's like the clan was formed in defense of the south and you would never know that from the narrative that you get today and uh there were only what was it, it was like 3100 3800 it was in the 3000s lynchings now you would think mm-hmm. that lynching was a common occurrence no, it's just like hate crimes. I mean, there, there's 7,000 a year, and maybe 3,000 are violent, and even most of those are maybe laughable, and they're made to outweigh a million real crimes. You know, and, and is okay, okay, evil whites lynching blacks, okay, you know, 3,000 over 80 years, and let's assume, like, <laughs> generously 10% of them didn't deserve it, and oh yeah, a hell of a lot of them are white anyway. I mean, it's complete bullshit. I mean, the, the stats of black crimes in one city outweigh what whites did to blacks over 100 years. It's completely disproportionate. But you have such a dumbed-down population that no one understands any of this. All people understand today is pure, raw power. And that's got to be reflected. If you're going to fight politically back, it better be reflected in your voice and your approach. You either better be laughing or you better sound damn confident. Because the people will not rally behind you because they, they understand how oppressive the government is. Hell, they see what it does to Iraq. And they know that really Iraq didn't do anything to us. Yeah, even the dumb ones, they kind of get the idea that yeah, like, they, they didn't now. fucking do anything. We, and we destroyed the hell out of them. They see us bombing. They're afraid of the government, and rightfully so. So there's got to be a power rise up and say, hey, we're not going to go down this road. We're not going to be raped and murdered to death by you damn white liberal clowns following yeah. the Jews. Yeah, the government can't bomb people when uh, when enough people wake up to this bullshit. The government can't bomb people when... Uh, well, hell, you, you can't even I mean, get they... Congress to stand up there like a man and declare war. You know, they don't, Nobody no, wants to take a no. position. They're all bought, and they want to go along while it's good, and then the minute it starts to go bad, they start to 
tergiversate. Well, you know, what's they the polling? The polling's like seventy something percent. Look at the, the look at these cowards. And they the war has completely failed, and you can't get one American politician to come out and say, "Let's get the fuck out of this failed war." And and bad enough is bad enough, and let's let's not throw any good money after bad. Let's get the hell out and go home. Call it victory if you so, if you losers can't handle the idea of being beaten. Not one of them is man enough to stand up and do that. They're all going to sit there because the minute they the Democrat did that, then Bush will go, "Oh, you're cut and run. We would have won if you would have just stayed there another oh, that's twenty what days." That's what he's trying to push as well. And and so. It's just pitiful. And you white kids, you are just being played for suckers in all this. They'll throw your body over there. They know they know it's not doing any good, but they're more than willing to pay you a thousand a month and get you killed over there. So you go, man, you this government is in no white person's interest. Other than a tiny, tiny minority of white traitorous liberal elites who have a death wish for you and, and, and want to live on this fantasy world that just isn't it, it isn't sustainable. It is a death wish. It, it has to be roped off and, and with laws and with physical barriers to exist at all. And over the long run, it's absolutely dead. And you know, That's we're supposed not to celebrate. Long run, I don't think this, uh, this is Obama, Obama. You know, yeah. We're supposed to celebrate an Africa. Yeah, we've really failed to tap the African political genius. And it's, it's high time that we let all Americans of all creeds and colors contribute. Yeah, their wisdom and I mean, give me a break. I don't think Obama's going to be president. I'm pretty sure Obama's not going to be president next time. But they're definitely grooming him for perhaps the next election after 08. They're he's definitely being groomed. There's no they're not going to let him out of the uh, uh, of their sights without well, if giving not him a shot him, it'll at the be high George office. P. Bush or some other color. Oh shit! It'll and be both will, of them. By that then. will prove that we're not racist. Yeah. <laughs> it'll. Well, why it'll, not be racist? <laughs> It's either you're racist, racist or you're third world. I'd rather live in a racist country than a third world country. It, and you know what? It's fun, but it, it won't prove that they're not racist. Of you know, not. just like uh, saying, "Oh, I have black friends." Saying, "Oh, I <laughs> voted for Obama and George P. Bush." That they're going to laugh at that, just like they laugh if you claim that you have black friends. Just you know, it, it, I mean, is Mugabe not blaming white people in Zimbabwe? Yeah, not for what sixteen? Of course, he's still blaming. He's blaming them four times as hard. Yeah, 16. And look, I mean, doesn't that give you an idea? I mean, the world is friggin' topsy turvy. I mean, whatever well, they're, they're, is said, yeah, it's the opposite. You you pretend that things are. You, you pretend that blacks are equal. Go over to Kirksville today and look at a couple of the comments from blacks, and they're, you know, completely illiterate. What do you mean you're better than me? You know, they, they can't spell two words consecutively. <laughs> or else they would have won a literary prize in, in, their, in their black school. And th this is the average. And we're going to pretend that these monkeys are our equals and accord them full political rights, in fact, superior legal privilege to our own, making ourselves essentially a third-class people in our own country. It is. Beyond belief. And when you tell, uh, or when I tell uh, college students, undergraduates that, and I get a moment to speak with them, you know, we talk, I bring up stuff like affirmative action and whatnot, and they say, well, it's historical, and it's black, and all this, and I'm like, well, look, I was born in 1976, and ever since mm -hmm. I've been alive, I've not, I've been a second and third class citizen. I mean, I don't know what happened. Yeah, was, you know, I can be told what was happening before, but all I can observe oh. is that I've always been at the back of the line when it comes to this stuff. Sure, and you, you make it personal and say, hey, imagine you're a manager, and, and all of a sudden your, your promotion, your pay is tied to how many niggers you produce and say those niggers don't produce very much and maybe you have to pick up the slack 
That's where it's going to hit home when you got to carry the burden for these fucking useless niggers. Well, that's where it is. Useless lesbians. That's why we're not up in math anymore. I'm convinced of that. You know, that's why the United States is falling behind because we're Sovietized. I mean, it's this inefficient Soviet system where we're using ideology rather than uh, letting nature take its course and and letting the best person win. You know, instead of may the best man win, it's like may the right color person win. You know, I mean. Yeah, well, they're trying to—they're trying to create an artificial elite made up of disproportionately of women yeah. and coloreds, and a sprinkling of white males, many of whom are homos, and and uh, Jews leading and and setting the agenda for the whole group. And it's not workable. It's workable for a me- in the me- short and maybe even medium term with a hell of a lot of force and increasing force over time. Increasing force, and if you, you know, I mean, run the numbers on Ernst that. Dell, you know, throw yeah. him in jail for five years for thought crimes. Yeah. Help, help by our own government, which which supposedly has a First Amendment, and they they send him over there on on a immigration technicality, while allowing you know tens of millions of Mexicans to come here illegally and and rape and murder and pillage. Yeah. So, you know, it's a tyranny, and you are the victim, white man. And you, just because you see people who look like you on the front of the TV and, and you're told that they're your leaders, that ain't the case. That's the game. It looks like something that operates in your interest, but it operates against your interest, and there's no real way you can say, oh, this is a, this is a government that I would have acting in my interest. It's not. I mean, yeah. think about it. You but just the fact that George Bush looks like a lot of Americans and kind of sounds like them, it fools them. So we're not speaking to the idiots. We're we're trying to talk to people who are intelligent enough to grasp, you know, the the concept of something working behind like a flag or a screen, like um, you know, that that cape's not waving itself. You know, it, it's it, there's a matador holding it and, and directing your anger and your attention. Yeah, I don't uh, think anybody thinks away George from Bush him. is setting up this, uh, you know, like our foreign policy, for instance. I mean, oh, they plenty. Average people think that like, well, they think it's a stinging comeback when you say the Jews are on the companies to say, well. Oh, yeah. Bush did you? Dick Cheney did you? You know, Alex, the white male oh. is very unrepresented and uh, very unrepresented in this country. You know, the white male isn't very—he doesn't show up in the political arena, does he? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, they, you, they put a white face on on Jewish policies, and they do this. You know, they put the Zelensky parts in the Callahan box. It, put the Jewish content in the Aryan uh, Aryan container, and it fools the child. They pat you in the head, and and Cindy Lou who was in bed with her cup. Well, it's something that you want to be true, you know, you because it, it's hard to go the other way. It's mm-hmm. it's against the, uh, you know, it's against the grain to go the other way. That's the way they set it up. You know, I think Bill White put it pretty well on, on uh, the Monday Night Free Talk Live. He said, you know, the Jews are trying to, or they've successfully set things up to where they they push all the marginal. Over into you know so so we're marginalized successfully, so that yeah, people they, who are following objective reality, you know we're on the flip side. We're we're the bad guys. Well, they take people tend to take things at face value, and and they are very very hesitant to question uh, authority, which seems right in itself. And it, they don't want to get that deep. They want to stay on the surface, just like you know you deal with people day to day life. They want to chit chat. Right. They want to talk about the weather and little things. And if you try to go below that. They grow they very nervous you. and uncomfortable. Yeah, you're and they don't like it. They don't like it. You're moving them out of their comfort zone, and you know, you're, you know, you're not really supposed to. It's politics, kind of like religion. You're not really supposed to have any really deep feelings 
about anything except entertainment, sports, and amassing money, maybe. Well, but, that's, you know. that's an Ameriquois, though, Alex. That's one of my big points that I hit on a lot, is that if you go in other places other places in the world, at the bus stop, in the restaurants, in the bars and stuff, they talk about politics. Mm-hmm. They really do. The, the same way we talk about the weather or a sports team, they'll move on and talk about politics. Mm-hmm. Even yeah, average people it. in the pub. It's true. I mean, that's what people talk about i mean that's if you th- and if you think about it that's what really engages i mean that's what makes a nation a nation and people that share a common political and cultural experience and we're cut off laterally from one another we get everything handed down from big jew from the one-eyed bolshevik the television and the media everything's handed down vertically and we don't we don't have a way of really connecting with each other because everyone's kind of suspect and especially if you have any strong political opinions or hell any political opinions at all you're suspect you know i grew up with this meme of it's not polite to talk politics and i always rejected that but in a way they're right because we're so diverse that yeah it probably isn't polite to talk politics because we have such diverging interests with these other racial groups and it's based it's based on race White Southerners and white Northerners have the same political interests, way way mm-hmm. more than uh, uh, black Southerners and white Southerners. Um, we have political interests. The races are different, and we have political interests based on that. Different yeah, we have to we have to define the us and them for whites, since Jews deliberately obscure that, and in fact. Like everywhere else, they flip reality and say, "Oh, you got interests in common with homos and blacks and whatever." Well, then how come the laws benefit them and injure us, and we're portrayed as butts for satire and ridicule on TV, but we never get to mock them? And well, you know, it doesn't seem like that much of a white-friendly country. Hell no! And here's why: we're explaining why. Yeah, I mean, what by what measure is this a white-friendly country? I mean, whiteness is something to be unpacked from the knapsack and deconstructed and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> named, Man, they have produced a, named. a voluminous literature of Kant uh, <laughs> around whiteness studies and, and Ignatiev and the rest of those clowns and, and like he would know what whiteness is you know that's it's, that's it's, the big fall <laughs> yeah he's a Jew and a particularly greasy Jew too uh, but uh, yeah they, they've produced loads of crap literature it's just their latest pseudo Pseudo social science. They're always inventing new 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 schools of a uh, sophistry and and what's the word casuistry and <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah just these these uh, honest intelligence means studying things and coming up with facts and putting them together them. and demonstrating them. It doesn't mean spinning these new bullshit theories. Just a bunch of fast talking Jews. Is well, because they know is. once you're you know like you were saying in the last Goy fire, you know uh, uh, rational thought and all that stuff does. The, they believe that leads to anti-Semitism, and they're right. So they they're, they are mistrustful yeah. of anything like that. Let's uh, do a quick break. We're going to do a, like a five-minute, three-minute little interlude here, and we'll be right back with Mr. Linder, and we'll have one more guest to come on who wants to uh, speak with both of us. We'll be right back. This is Dietrich on the Friday night edition of VNN's Free Talk Live.
This is D- hello. Hang on. This is Dietrich. We're back with the Friday night edition of VNN's Free Talk Live. Who's on the line? Uh, am I on the air? Yes, you are. Oh, I thought I was going to get a call screen so I could say something off the air. Okay, well, you can you can message me for that. We'll talk to you later. I had Bryce say us on the phone just a moment ago. Here she goes. She's calling back. Yes, there you are. Hi, Bryce. Hey. Let's see. I'm... Let's see if we can add Mr. Linder in. I had it all set up, and uh, after the first song, and then you, then you dropped. We we all dropped, didn't we? Um, I think so. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that hey, looks like. Hey, I'm on here. Good. You guys on? Good deal. Yes. Okay, we got. Uh, cool. Right. We have Bryce Sayas with us. He's a regular here on Friday night Free Talk Live. How's uh, how are we sounding tonight, Bryce Sayas? Oh, great. <laughs> Audible. Audible. <laughs> Got that hey, aud- getting our audibility on. Some case. <laughs> We're all about being heard and shit. Yeah. Am I too loud? No, no, you're great. I, or at least uh, from the meters here, everything looks fine. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, oh, I was thinking about ranting about, but I mean, we can keep going on this if you like. Um, I think it, it's a it's a serious point that people should um, you know think for themselves as far as when you're dealing with with the savages and stuff, you know, um, thinking that because TV says that they're cool or that they're going to behave themselves, um, they don't in real life. They do on TV, but they don't in real life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, what, the whole, what's Dietrich's the whole we're safe, it. we're cool. You know, we're, we're not really as bad as we're portrayed on TV or, you know, in, in movies about being gangsters and rapists and thugs. You know, we're not as bad as be- we're portrayed in real life. Yes, you are as bad as you're portrayed in real life. Worse. <laughs> you're Worse. not being portrayed. You actually are that bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they, they don't carry around clipboards in real life. It's more yes. like we're not, we're not as good as we're portrayed on MTV. We're as bad as we are in real life. <sighs> yeah, well, and, and look, look at the... Uh, and we were talking about this on Goyfar in the wee hours yesterday, but uh, the uh, imagine you're the father of that girl who's been raped, and you got to appeal to for justice to this ridiculously uh, Joycelyn, <laughs> Joycelyn, what was her name, elders-looking uh, black cop, and this oh Captain Lord. Kangaroo get up, Police Chief Steve Chalmers. Well, I don't wow. know how they deal with it. I really don't. The the black judges and stuff when they see this stuff over and over and over. How they cannot like feel ashamed. I don't. I think blacks feel shame almost, almost never. They don't. Well, have I mean, to. there was four of them, right? There was four attackers. Yeah. When does when is the point when one of oh, them? Oh, you're says, talking okay, about you're done. talking about Channing Christian rather than uh, the well, Duke woman. It doesn't really matter. Whatever, whatever. Yeah, I was talking about the Chris, the Christian Newsom case, but there's four attackers, right? When does one of them say, "Okay, we've heard her enough. Let's just leave her here." Or, uh, they don't know, think like that. Yeah, when do they stop? When do they, doesn't one of them say, you know, hey man, don't do that. That's that's just too too over the top or whatever. Don't, you know, do we have to actually go that far? Do we have to kill her, you know? They, they just mean, don't think like that. That's, there's uh, that's four of them. Well, that shows you that <laughs> all four of them don't think like that. Blacks just don't think like whites and they don't... Uh, they don't but all you ever hear about is, oh, ahead. there was this one serial killer guy and... You know, some some guy out in the sticks somewhere had killed fifty boys or whatever back in nineteen you know seventy two. 
Well, you know what I'm talking about, right? Attention. When yeah, will we yeah. ever hear the end of John Wayne Gacy when this shit is going on, you know, all the time? Yeah, we had three across the country with the Duke, and, and that probably doesn't exhaust all all the interracial rapes of the, the past week. Yeah. But, uh, mean, the, the and how many, how many <laughs> girls get attacked and never report it because it's just too embarrassing or, you know... Yeah, well, How many of these girls go to these parties thinking, oh, this will be fun, we're going to go with our friends and they get slipped a Mickey or something, or what is they call it? It's going to be like mistake? the MTV Beach Rohypnol. House. You know, that's what they're thinking, that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, the you know, uh, ice, the ro- ice the box full of 40s and uh, everybody getting their groove on. Well, remember yeah, like a, a Budweiser while commercial. Ago? Hell, you've got Budweiser running, you know, that kind of commercial with uh, Jay-Z and uh, a whole bunch of niggers, and, you know, hey, that's a mass product running on mass TV. That must be cool. So you want to go to a black frat party? Yeah, sure, that'll be great. Hang out with some brothers and some of those cool people I've seen on TV. And, well, the reality's a little different, getting raped in the bathroom at 3 a.m. by some nigger who may well have AIDS. I mean, remember a while back there was that thing about don't ever take a drink uh, by anybody, uh, anybody gives you a drink, or don't don't drink anything offered yeah. to you because there'll be a, a roofie or whatever. And then there was this whole, like, unconscious... Uh-oh, I think she got bumped. I get her point, though. I mean, yeah, look after your drink, but uh, I don't know. I think that would take a little bit of planning and foresight, so I would watch after the well, white guy. <laughs> you know what? I mean, frat parties are like. You got, you know. Yeah. This is a pretty big house there. Huge, full of people, very loud, noisy, probably smoky. Yeah. People out of their minds on, on various substances. And people who don't really need substances to be out of their minds, a lot of them. People who don't have minds to begin with. She's right, though. I mean, when you uh, hang on, I'm gonna put you on hold and then bring you back over right, yeah. into the thing. Hi, Barsayas. Yeah, I'm gonna add Alex drop, back in. I did something, or you it did drop me. It was Zog's fault. Right. Well, don't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> Stay still. Yeah. So, anyways, I'm pretty uh, pissed off being a parent myself. You know. I can't imagine how you parents must feel, especially if you have little girls. I mean, I I, I wouldn't even feel safe in this country. Or I, I don't know. Maybe. Well, where are you going to go? That's the. <laughs> yeah. Well, as a, I have sons, but they're trying to, you know, they they want to send our our sons to war and have their legs blown off. I mean, there was a recent thing posted, you know, and I posted in the the blog on the first page of soldiers with their legs blown off. They'll never be able to run with their kids, and that's if they come back alive. And with your daughters, they're trying to have them go to these parties and become little whores, and, <laughs> uh, you know, yes. then they end up... Or Liberation. they're just out with their boyfriends. They're completely just out, just living their life, being a normal person, like the Christian and Newsom. We're out on a date, doing nothing, not harming anybody. You yeah, know? yeah. The few Not that me. aren't fucked up, or the few that I mean, and and that in that Newsom case, those kids they sounded like pretty well-adjusted kids as far as far as everything that I read. You know, they were, they seemed like they were both close to their family. And, they looked uh, like totally normal people. Yeah, I mean, they weren't at one of these frat parties or you know hanging out in a gangster neighborhood or anything like that. Yeah, well, if blacks try to commandeer your vehicle or whatever, you got to fight right then and step on the gas, do whatever you got to do to get out of there, and you don't give them anything. If any nigger comes up and wants change or whatever, just say no in a harsh voice and get the hell out. They're, they're, they're dumb apes. They have very low IQs. They don't think about what they're going to do. It might just strike them to do something. Yeah, it's almost and like you, you can't even yourself. hold them responsible for it. You know, it's like it, it is what it is. 
Yeah, and, they're uh, basically land, land sharks, like that old SNL, you know, cartoon. It wasn't about blacks, but that's what they are. They're land sharks. No, you don't open around. the window. You don't They're, talk to them. You don't, you know, you don't. Don't give fucking them give any, them any an, access an whatsoever inch. to your vehicle or your person. Be ready right. to defend yourself at all times. Don't assume they are not like you. They're just like you know what sharks do at dusk and dawn. They cruise up and down the shoreline, looking for little bits and pieces to eat. And that's what niggers are like. Something comes in front of them. Well, it might be something to eat or something to fuck. You know, and they don't. There's no morals in it. It's just they're they haven't evolved to a level where you can talk about morals. That's, yeah, that's yeah they're, they're not thing. they're not approaching your car so they and, can say, and, "Hey, buddy, what time is it?" Oh, cool. How, you know, <laughs> yeah. can you direct me to uh, you know A Street down the block? Uh, they're not they're not contacting you. They're not coming approaching you for anything. Yeah, just good, like ever. nobody's trying to prove a moral case against a shark. No one's trying yeah. to say that's a very bad shark. We have to go after bad these shark. things. Is yeah. as ridiculous as saying bad nigger. I mean, the, it's the same thing. And they they look how Christianity has prepared the the. the <laughs> It, it's prepared, it's set people up for this kind of result by teaching them judge others, you know, or don't judge others and treat them as you would like to be treated. Well, treating others as you would like to be treated is a very bad recipe for dealing with killer bees or alligators or niggers. I mean, what were these you know, two it, kids thinking? They're hurt. sitting in a car and these four, you know, whatever, come up to them. I don't know what happened there. I, I never did read exactly the circumstances under which they were able to get and that car. I, maybe they got I would guess they got them on the way to the car, wouldn't you? Or right when they were getting in or something? That's what they made it sound like, but it was never made clear it, as, as far as everything you that know, I can and read. And no, nobody that'd be a little clear. too factual for any of our 2007 reporters yeah. to come up with. <laughs> be, to, to me, that would be you know that would be interesting, but I, I would certainly guess they got them on the way to the... Uh, and even worse, did the two kids... Did the two kids have a minute of thinking, well, maybe we should open the window and talk to them, because if we don't, people will think we're racist. <laughs> that, that's another thing. That's another, uh, it, you know. It's there to suppress your better judgment. Uh, all it, that, it, all it, that it's stuff there to is neutralize you and to, to disable your defense mechanisms. I mean, it, like could that girl have been thinking in her last hours, oh, if only he hadn't opened the window, if only he hadn't opened the window... <laughs> He yeah. might have, he might have uh, opened the window, cracked it, say, "What's up? What's up, bro?" Yeah. And he jams a gun in there, or he grabs, he grabs his coat, or something. Could be anything like that. Yeah, Man, we don't know. Go, you got to protect yourself first. That's your duty. Not being nice to someone because Jesus freaking Christ said you're supposed to. No, we don't owe them, owe them anything. Leave that Christianity behind. It is just kill. It's getting people killed. It's insane. Treat them the way that their nature and their behavior towards you shows you they deserve to be treated. You have a goddamn snake is sitting there shaking its tail and raising, clenching its head at you. It, it's saying, if you come here, I'm going to bite you. And that's what a nigger is. It's something stinky, large, obnoxious beast. If, if, you, if you're going to try to mess with it, you know, bad things might happen. Avoid it as best you can. And if you can't, then fight like hell. Don't, don't, you're not there to help the nigger. The nigger's not there to help you. He's there to prey on you. And we know who loosed him there to prey on you, who sicked him among you. Because when we had our own rules that we wrote, they were segregated. They and even if they're not, community. and even if they're not, is the odds, uh, you know, in your favor that the one that isn't, you know, is going to be one of the ones that's messing with you? You know what I mean? Is it worth? Yes, it's worth offending the one that might yeah. not be doing something, because the risk of you letting them in or being cool with them in any way, you end up dead and mutilated. Yeah. <laughs> the risk is really high. Most sharks probably aren't going to attack you, you know, but, but you know, some are. 
And the one that is, you're dead. (laughs) Remember that idiot scientist, uh, we'll call him Dr. Drumstick, who stood out there in the crystal clear waters of the Caribbean and... I'm going to teach these sharks that the, the sharks aren't inherently hostile to humans, and then the one's like, get his calf off. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> Dead serious. It's on video. It's been all. It's been on TV the last few years. I'm sure it's on the internet. I'm always and, yeah, the last but this person fucking to see scientist, He's a shark scientist from Switzerland. Where, you know, <laughs> Switzerland being, of course, famous for sharks. landlocked lake sharks way up in the Alps. There, there's lots of sharks, so he had a good head start in studying them. So this dumbass, I think his name is like. Eric Ritter or something, something like that, and he's standing out there, and sharks aren't inherently hostile. Dude, you're made of meat. <laughs> Meat's meat, and the sharks gotta eat to twist that motel hell saying. But this was classic. I mean, you had to have a heart of stone not to laugh your ass off. Right? And the shark cruises by, and it's literally like two feet of water. He's standing out there with the camera crew. The shark goes, K-hunk! and all of a sudden, it looked exactly like. That's why I said, Doctor Drumstick. It's like. Whoa, whoa, dude, where's my, where's my calf? Well, it's down in the shark's belly. And, and so it is with niggers, my children. This was a, parallel, a parable. If, if Jesus were a worthwhile guy, that was the kind of parable he would, have been, he would have been telling people. He would have said, go and stay away from niggers, for they mean you ill. Or what about these women that go on these vacations to Jamaica or, you know, the two Italian women that got um, thrown in a ditch or, you know, what you, about you just end up Aruba? dead. Was what about the chicken Aruba who got right. killed? Yeah. Right. Natalie. Uh, Holloway. Uh, yeah. Bryce says, those Italian chicks you're talking about, are those those That's two surfer one. chicks who were, uh, I believe they were raped. They were surfing off the coast of West Africa um, being tourists, and they were raped. Was that? Uh, was that uh, I don't know if they, if it's true that they found. I'm not sure if it says if they were uh, sexually assaulted or not, but they certainly were dead. Yeah, and they threw him. Yeah, and they threw him in a ditch. I mean, it's just uh, it's T and B, and 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 we brought in the heavy guns tonight. We have White Man for White Land, the T and B master. Are you there, White Man for White Land? Yeah, I hope so. Am I coming hey, through? All right. Yeah, man. We got four right, people right. here at once. Yes, we do. All right. Right. You're doing pretty well. Yeah, good to well, you know, With, I with to four in. people, we just have to make sure we don't step on each other's toes. So, what's exactly. going on tonight, my friend? Oh, I just uh, I was listening to you guys talking about the uh, whole rape deal, and yeah. um, one one thing I wanted to say was that most I mean most of the time you're not even gonna, you're not even going to know the uh, race or name or anything of the victim, other than age. Usually, just because they don't release that stuff, uh, especially if it's a minor. If you he know. was wearing a hat. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He yeah. Was wearing He's wearing a, a parka over his face. But um, no, I'm talking about the victim. Usually, you know, they don't release any of that stuff on the victim. It doesn't matter if it's a rape case. They don't release anything, usually, unless it's leaked, you know, like the, like the Duke thing was. Um, mm. Or if it's a big, like, higher-profile thing, which the Duke case could have turned into, but obviously it didn't. Um, just like in Detroit here, there is a, a group of niggers that gang raped um they they ranged in age from there was like four or five of them they ranged in age from uh 14 to 19 was the oldest one so we got a picture of the oldest one because he wasn't a juvenile um they were all niggers and they raped an 11 year old girl they gang raped her and i don't know and and so they 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 want you know they're not going to tell you the race of the girl or or her name or anything because she's so young and you know you know it's they they just don't do that it's against you know which makes sense i guess And, and and in a sane world, it would make sense, but um, I think we have the right to know that 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 
you know those statistics. We but, do have um, the right to know that, but this is a Marxist society, and they don't believe in race. They don't believe that 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 anything meaningful cuts along the lines of 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 a uh, of race. You know, nothing meaningful can be uh, ascertained by knowing. You know, what does that have to do? Unless with it's anything, a white person. Man? Well, when it's a white person, it's digging up the legacy of the tortured le- legacy of slavery. You know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it, yeah. It's funny how they they create these laws that that on the surface, like you were saying before, on the surface it looks like it go, it goes to the interests of the uh, the victim or, uh, you know, the person that's that needs the help, such as the laws regarding the disclosure of the statistics on the of uh, race and whatever of the victim of rape. But really, what it does is just disguises who's being raped and who's raping us. You know, it's just it's the, they're not doing they're not doing it to help the victim. They're doing it because niggers rape white white women like it's going yeah. out of fashion. That's why that's they did. So that's why they make like that. They got the majority of people believing we have a free press, but it, it's a free press. You, you can't really understand anything by reading the paper. Or if you were trying to understand things by reading the paper, that'd be a hell of a way to go about it. And the thing yeah. that you always hear is. Well, of course, this is just an isolated thing, and there's bad apples in every bunch, and but not all of them are like that. I know. That's yeah, why I love well, I know. Well, what you usually yeah. hear on that on that argue, on that front is is well, I know white people who are just as bad as any black. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, there's oh, bad people in every oh, population. Well, that's because you don't know any fucking black people. <laughs> I know shitloads of black people. You I'm do, like, yeah, no, they it's a generalization. It's a generalization, but they they don't. It's like people don't understand generalizations any longer. Yeah, now, how, I, how I do have you to think go or understand anything without them. Well, why yeah. is it? If that's true, why is it then when any of them make it or get any kind of decent job, or they leave immediately their um, surroundings or their neighborhood that's mostly uh, you know whatever group, whatever non-white group, they leave instantly. Why is it if they're not dangerous and not they most of them the are hood. okay? Yeah, well, they, they get out also, of the hood. They don't. They have so many, uh, so many of their third cousins dragging on them for money. That that's another reason to get the hell away from them. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you guys remember like a few years ago? I, I, they, they stopped doing it, but two or three years ago, or maybe maybe more. Maybe it was more like five years ago. They were trying to say that they were trying to make excuses for niggers in, in you know inner cities, saying that the re- one of the reasons for the poverty and whatnot is because. They don't get cultured. They never leave. You know, some of them spend their whole lives in a square block <laughs> of, of Detroit. It's like, you know, fucking white people in rural communities have been doing that for years. Ever heard of a family fucking farm? They stay uh, in the yeah. same spot for generations. They don't fucking leave because it makes sense. And it's it's what most people like to do. But, uh, the, you know, Jews in the media try to turn it into some convoluted some convoluted way uh, the, uh, in which niggers are slighted by staying in a, in their area where they were born and where they grew up you don't see poor rural white people saying let's go out and find a black couple park somewhere carjack them and chop them up in little bits it, you just it doesn't happen yeah and they're not saying that because oh I've never left the farm <laughs> right <laughs> which is a, yeah, they, they <laughs> have all <laughs> kinds of every possible cultural or environmental extenuation Excuse. for what yeah that's right as a matter of fact 
As a matter of fact, Ridiculous. when White Man said uh, that uh, five or six years ago they were making the excuse, my I, my mind instantly flashed to uh, the, the going excuse that I was hearing five or six years ago, and it was uh, nutrition, childhood nutrition and stuff <laughs> like that. <laughs> I think that went along the same lines. The little yeah, nuggets yeah, will lick you in the lead, and, and that's why they're so violent <laughs> yeah. stupid. The fucking paint chips. You know, I did <laughs> property. I um, paint chips as a kid. <laughs> yeah, they're, Let they, me tell you, that lead is tasty. They're still on that kick in Detroit. I mean, if you have paint chips, like I do a, a you know, urban, like Bill White said, I do urban remodeling and stuff. Urban like renewal. That in Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they're still on that kick in Detroit. If they find, when they do an inspection, if they find paint chips outside of the fucking house, they will write your ass up. I mean, you better not have any paint chips around. And, you know, that's uh-huh. <laughs> that's the excuse we get for, uh... Yeah. <laughs> the niggers think it's like uh, eat potato chips, chips or something. <laughs> yeah, they must have a lot of lead paint in Africa. You know, my fucking... My grandfather in Detroit... Speaking of paint, here's a funny little story. My grandfather was a Detroit firefighter for, uh, for around 35 years, I think, before he retired. Um, and he would do, like, little side jobs and stuff because he was a firefighter. They didn't get paid a whole lot of money. But you guys probably remember, um, I know Alex probably does, the big old coal-burning furnaces in the bottom of houses that look like an octopus going up. They mm-hmm. were they were big old kettles, and they had big, you know, uh, d- um, ducks coming out of them. Well, yeah. they they'd, co- they'd convert them, and they converted them back when my, you know, my grandfather was a young man in Detroit. They converted them to gas. Uh, they just put it stuck a little gas thing under. It. Anyway, he would go down in these niggers' basements and he would he would paint them for him like all like kinds of crazy circus colors and shit like blue and purple and green, and and they thought it was the coolest thing. Like they thought it was they had a fucking circus in their in their basement. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember the term my grandfather used. He called it like crazy crazy color. I can't remember the term he used. It was just really funny. And they pay him to do this. Like they they couldn't do it themselves apparently. It's just uh-huh. kind of funny. I saw, uh, I was looking at your blog, I finally watched that video uh, that you had on your blog, DetroitIsCrap.blogspot.com, which is is worthy of all the praise we're willing to heap on it. Uh, the, the, the guy with the uh, pimp juice with the pink hat. <laughs> oh, did you see when he was outside the courthouse that video I uploaded oh, on YouTube? Yeah, I, I, I watched about his pluck fur rabbit coat. Oh man, it's only real, only real, <laughs> only real shit for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You when know, was Detroit it. not crap? I mean, is that just a oh, given? I mean, when, when was the last was not time? Crap oh, it, years ago. It, it, it wasn't. I, I used to have an old old dude. He doesn't write anymore, but he used to, he was really really lamenting the beautiful workmanship and the old buildings. And of course, there's the famous site. What Detroit is in the ruins. Ruins of yeah, Detroit. Detroit. It, it shows all the blog. old bu- beautiful buildings and, and apartments they used to have there. Detroit and was my parent. Both my parents grew up in Detroit. Detroit was a nice place to grow up fi- only fifty years ago. It was the my city parents. of the future at one yeah. point. I mean, it really it was. was. If you think about it, it, it less uh, around ninety years ago, it was the biggest city in the country, and it was. I mean, that's not a long time. Ninety years for it to go from what it was. So, you, do you attribute that to the decline of the auto um, industry? Being outsourced, the, yet another. It certainly, you know, it certainly didn't help, but I mean, when you have, when you, when you, I think it's a, it's a perfect uh, microcosm of what this country is going to, this whole country is going to become. Uh, I mean, look, you, you throw, you throw the death of manufacturing and a bunch of niggers together, and what do you get? You get Detroit, and that's what this whole country's turning into. No more manufacturing and yeah. tons of niggers and spics. And that, the blacks moving up. Is. And the blacks moving up north in the first place, Bryce Ayers was. Uh, I mean, as you know, it was a factor of the. You know, all the white guys were out fighting World War II, and they needed cheap labor, and they were thinking uh, that 
the blacks were going to fill the cheap labor slot, and but the unions got a hold of everything, and and it, it just they couldn't drive wages down enough, so they had to offshore everything eventually. I mean, they moved things back down south, and there was it was the Sun Belt for a little while, and and yeah, they well, moved not only to that, the Caribbean, I mean, to Mexico, to the I mean. <laughs> They've always been trying to gut our manufacturing, but you can look at, like, St. Louis, and I, I can't think of anything off the top of my head like the auto industry that, that was destroyed like it was in Detroit, and it's worse than Detroit. East yeah, St. Louis yeah, is yeah. supposedly worse than Detroit at this point. Well, a lot of those towns were, you know, they were they kind of hit their peak in the 19th century. Like, I would say Cincinnati and St. Louis were bigger in the 19th century than they are in the 20th. But yeah, you had all the all the blacks came up in two massive waves, the first second world war, the first half of the 20th century up to Detroit. And now the jobs aren't even there anymore. And the white men were sent overseas to fight the Jews enemy and a lot of them died and they came back and yeah, it's completely messed up now. Yeah, not only that, but I mean so what you got you got the jobs here, but what also contributes to that is the is the unions that are full of lazy niggers that they're paying 25 bucks an hour. To stand there and fucking put a bolt into a wheel, and and which know, cars have the lowest ratings? I yeah, mean, <laughs> and, and, and exactly. the Japanese and, ones. <laughs> and they, they they had a um, they have you know these shows on like it's they have they have pimp my ride, but pimp my ride evolved out of other things where they would you know customize cars and whatnot. And yeah. these fucking cars they had on some of these shows, they pulled like the some of the interior panels off, and they were they were like crushed up pop cans, and these were these were American cars. They're like crushed yeah. up pop cans on the inside of the panels of the cars, yeah. and fucking like old toilet paper and, and Kleenexes <laughs> and shit that they threw in there, like it's a trash can, you know? Yeah. It's just, I mean, you know, it's Nick fucking Henry Ford. I don't, I don't understand it, but um, he, you know, he's a smart guy and everything, but he, he I don't know, he, he, and they're, they're I can't, he's, now. he's in my, uh, he's in my same category as Abe Lincoln, kind of in a way. Really? Uh, I thought Henry eh. Ford was a. Uh, uh, he's better than Abe Lincoln, but he's, yeah. he's, it's a similar category where it's like, you know, he's respectable on some levels, and some levels you're just like, what the fuck were you thinking, you know? Well, he um, didn't do. Well, I mean, what do you mean? I mean, because he didn't like the Ford Foundation. Isn't it's only in his name, but it's Jews no, who run no. that. No, I mean, but what, so what do you mean? Uh, like, uh, like, like, what? How is why? I don't understand. I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you. I just don't know. Oh, I I just think you know. I know he, he wasn't was, anti-Semite, so he's got that going. He, for him. he was Jew. He was Jew-wise. I just think it, it was. That's the funny part about it. He was Jew-wise, but I, he was he was really ambiguous on the race issue. You know uh, what I mean? So okay. um, in that way, uh, yeah. Which, which I guess I don't know. It's not. I'm not drawing a very good comparison between him and Abe Lincoln. At well, all. a lot of the that that was the thing that was so. That's what was so frustrating. I don't even know if they they really understood stood it because they didn't northerners northerners and southerners didn't have that much contact with one another and their cultures were so different to a degree it was a rural culture more in the south but uh, and there the wasn't much travel back then either yeah. because there weren't many roads right but People southerners lived, you know, were frustrated that nor, you know they didn't understand northerners were painted a picture that that blacks were just like us and they had black skin and it was it was, I mean, it really was, and they bought it. They didn't have any reason really not he, to, if you think about it. Given oh, the demographics, you've got to understand that blacks are basically living in a broad swath from, you know, middle of Texas across to the coast. 
they're not living up north really, except in a couple little cities. And it wasn't until the first half of the 20th century when large numbers began to go north. And yeah. you didn't have that mass transportation like you have now. And that's what Ford kind of created what the whole industrial process and paid people, you know, like what, five bucks an hour or something, whatever it was, or a dollar a day yeah. or whatever the hell it was the, the industry well. setting rage at the time. And, and he created this whole process and then the roads came in and all of a sudden you got people going everywhere. So part of that's independent of politics. It's just technological change that, that is going to produce a certain result of people getting right. more exposure. Yeah. I mean, technological change drives political change. You know, and I, I guess that's where that's you know, and bef- before then, what would you have? You'd have, like, people like my grandparents who were, you know, born in Deer County, Missouri, and maybe they'd go into town every Saturday, and they might have a really uh, poor old car and, you know, go over crappy roads and change the tire. But people stayed within 20 miles of where they were born, pretty much. They didn't know a whole heck of a lot uh, until, really, last century. It was the first century where they were able to really move around quite a bit. And you know, obviously even more so today. Yeah, people don't know anything outside of their own cartilage or outside of their own little 20-mile area today. I mean, because the media tells them everything else, and they're misinformed on that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I know. I remember my grandparents used to have the big deal. They they would they would take me to the airport, and we'd go watch the jets take off. I mean, that was what we did. <laughs> uh-huh. And, I mean, it was taking a car ride. That, that used to be, like, the thing. But, uh... Yeah. yeah. How simple, yeah. I think Briseis dropped off or Briseis. Yeah, yeah she wow. did and and because of the restrictions of her uh her her own little setup is only really half works and okay. she keeps dropping off so I'm unable to pick her back up. Does Skype have an upper end on the number of people that can be brought on at once? Uh well this beta version I think it's like 100 people or something. I mean, it's oh pretty much as much as your bandwidth could handle. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I, it was it wasn't on this end. I've got uh, I've got plenty of headroom as far as bandwidth is concerned. But uh-huh. I, I did want to go over one article and get you guys' take on it. On um, it's sort of in reference to uh, this you know this FBI guy staging this uh, supposed Nazi rally in um, Orlando, and to say that you know that that type of stuff isn't a, a mistake if you study the Department of Defense, you study what this government does. That's exactly the mo. It's repeated. It's almost like a magic bullet that they use constantly. Um, and this has to do with uh, the, really the big news of the past seven days since the last show was that uh, the president and the administration and the military is now on the same page, telling the American people that. Uh, the Iranians are arming the uh, Iraqi insurgency. Uh, and they may be, but uh, Iran may be a transit point for those weapons, but the fact is, is those weapons, and, uh, if not, even if not the weapons themselves, the technology, uh, the patented technology for those, these new IEDs that they're talking about that are so dangerous, came from the crown. Uh, mm-hmm. And here's, uh, here's one little... Uh, but I'll try to I try to get to it. But um, fighter jet parts and other sensitive U.S. military gear seized from companies, uh, front companies for Iran and brokers for China, have been traced in criminal cases to s- surprising source, the U.S. Defense Department. 
In one case, federal investigators said contraband bought at an auction from defense surplus stocks was delivered to Iran, which President George W. Bush had in his axis of evil grouping. Just Tuesday, the State Department branded Iran as the world's worst exporter of terror. In the Iran case, a Pakistani arms broker convicted of exporting U.S. missile parts to Iran resumed business after his release from prison. He purchased Chinook helicopter engine parts for Iran from a U.S. company that had bought them in a Pentagon surplus sale. Immigration and Customs Enforcement agents say those parts made it to Iran. Sensitive military surplus items are supposed to be demilitarized, rendered useless for military purposes, but it didn't happen in this case. Federal investigators are increasingly anxious that Iran is within easy reach of a top priority on its own list, which is F-14 Tomcat parts. Um, let's see. Yeah, get this. In one case, in at least one case, convicted middlemen for Iran bought Tomcat parts from the Defense Department Surplus Division. Customs agents confiscated them and returned them to the Pentagon. Now, if you think this is a mistake, Keep listening. Comma, which sold them again, customs evidence tags still attached to another buyer, another <laughs> broker for Iran. It's a Zog comedy sketch. <laughs> yeah. I mean... <laughs> I, I, I hate to say it, all you Iran fans out there, but they're working for Zog. They're, they're, they're dealing with Zog. They're doing Zog's will. I'm sorry. Very, very sorry. But it's true, and uh, these. Uh, let's see, I'm, I'm looking through the blog here. Let's see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's insane. I mean, not only is it here we go, Iranian IEDs uh, made by British Secret Service. Um, according to investigators examining past collusion between the security forces and paramilitaries in Northern Ireland, Ireland. Members of the shadowy Army undercover outfit, the Forces Research Unit, and officers from MI5 learned that in the early 1990s, the senior IRA member in South Armagh was working to develop bombs triggered by light beams. Okay, the reason this is important is because uh, if you've seen pictures or heard any news uh, about how the IEDs actually work, they wire them up to cell phones, and then they bury them or disguise them, and uh, they call the number as a tank or something is rolling through, and that's how it's detonated, okay? So what they've taken to do is uh, they've equipped a lot of these tanks and convoys with sophisticated jamming equipment so that the cell phone call can't get through or whatever electronic trigger they're using can't get through. So the insurgency has adapted with these uh, these new IEDs that are triggered by shining a little laser light onto them. Yeah, a little so, laser. Right, so, right, so they've adapted in, uh, to uh, the tactics as insurgencies do and uh but uh let's see quote the thinking of the security forces was that if they were intimate with the technology then they could develop countermeasures thereby staying one step ahead of the ira a senior source close to the inquiry explained it may seem absurd that the security services were supplying technology to the ira but the strategy was sound and then later on in the article, what we find out is that this is the technology that we're accusing Iran of shipping to Iraq. Uh, and it wasn't the IRA that gave it to the Iranians. In effect, what's happening is that the crown has transferred this technology to the Iranians, who's, who has transferred it to 
uh, either willingly or unwillingly to the Iraqi insurgency. The government grows their own. They, it, it, it doesn't seem logical to us because we're just not that ruthless. We're not that cold-blooded. We're not. We, it's hard for us to think in that that Machiavellian of a of a of a mode of thinking is just foreign to us. Any sane person. But when you look into these things, this is exactly what's happening. I mean, I read this stuff all the time. I mean, this was from an article back in October, and these are from the IEDs that the the president is saying that you know he, he's trying to get the American people whipped back up into a war fever, uh, artificial as it is, by blaming the Iranians for this, and it's 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 us doing it. And not only that, it was originally a product of the crown giving it to the IRA <laughs> which is admitted in this article yeah, yeah so all these parties are doing business with each other and then in, pu- in private and then in public they're suing and, and screaming at each other and what can you trust <laughs> the media no <laughs> yeah I, I mean, mean you, you, <laughs> the you world can't get at the truth defenses it's, and deceptions yeah you have to you have to read between the lines you have to find little buried things I mean did anyone hear this in the news I, I promise you, it's a real article. I, I'll put it in the show notes. It's it's from yeah. the uh, in, uh, Independent online, the UK Independent. Yeah, well, I mean, what you have to do is basically suspect everything is is a, a lie. You know, I mean, you can't believe anything. Every everything, mm-hmm. you know, you're gonna find you're gonna find stuff like this where you're gonna go, wait a minute, I thought that that was, and then that was, wait, wait a minute, you know, and 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 <laughs> thing like from everything from nine eleven. To you know, the first Iraq war, to yeah. to this to this to Iran today, to North Korea, to you know, it's it's just it's freaking ridiculous, and it happens on all different, and they do it on all t- different types of levels, just like this guy in uh, Florida, right? Um, you know, they do it on our level, and they do it on large scales, That's like nine right. eleven, and exactly, uh, and, and it's the same. It's it's I mean, whatever they. St- Whatever these intelligence agencies came up with in the 50s and 60s to work on, they've been using the same exact playbook. And once the Internet... It keeps working, apparently. Yeah, it does. But the, the Internet, like I was saying earlier, technology, new technology begets new uh, means of politics. And the Jew can't survive the Internet. I'm convinced once, the, uh, once this, this Internet thing really finds its feet, it provides a, a method of... Con- uh, connecting, organizing principles between different parties. Uh, I'm waiting for the war on hate, the internet war on hate, to come out. Though. Yeah, that'll be when you really know. <laughs> when you really know it's going down is when that happens. Yeah, yeah. and you know, and it, it's going to come as. And then it's time for more than words. Yeah, yeah, it absolutely will be then. I mean, I, it, I've always thought that yeah, when they come for the guns, that's going to be when it's on. But I don't they think they're do going that. to. They'll, they'll get rid of the First Amendment before they go for the second. Yeah, they're not going to need to come for the guns because they know where the guns are pretty much. I mean, they've been registering. You've had to file with the FBI for how many years now? I mean, I first bought a gun about seven years ago or so. Well, look, I mean, when the economy gets bad enough, they can do massive gun buybacks for bread and water. You know what I mean? Yeah, but those people aren't. Those are going to be old, rusty, attic pieces. I mean, people that have guns for the proper reason... I'm, I'm not really know. too worried about know. that anyway, because I'm, I'm of the mind that g- there will be guns available at, at the, when when the
when the time is right. There will be. I I, I I I always thought the same way, but um, if you think about it, when, gun, guns will become the new currency. I mean, without a gun, you you're you're a sitting duck when when shit hits the fan. I mean, if it does, or this is all. An AK-47 is, uh, is $250 on the open market. Right, but when but you're not thinking of. I, I guess it's true. The, I, I always thought the same way, you know. When shit hits the fan, this is America, you know. There's going to be guns everywhere, but those guns are not going to be there when people are going to when people actually have to use them. I mean, people buy guns now to go shoot them at the firing range. They don't need they don't need them to protect their family. Uh, those guns are going to be like gold, and people are going to be selling them like gold. Um, so I mean, perhaps, it, but there's a lot of them. I mean, this country's awash. There's what 10, 15 million firearms. There won't, hey, that sounds wild. like a lot. There sounds like a lot, but where are they? I mean, where are you going to go? Um, you know, your local gun store is going to be the minute the minute that that thing you know it, it breaks down. Um, those places are going to be hit, and they're going to be empty. Uh, you know, so that you're not, it's not like you're going to be able to knock over your local gun store to get <laughs> to get a gun. I mean, it's just it's they're going to be gone. Hell, I'll be one of the guys in there doing it. Well, right, exactly. I'm going to head straight for the first, Walmart. But, I mean, um, you better have one for when it happens, at least one, I, mean, I would say. Yeah, um, I mean, they can't, and they, they can't, you know, they always go after handguns. They, they they don't even try to go after rifles in California, and if you really want something good for an insurgency, God, a deer rifle's the best thing you can have, pretty much. Well, except for non-directed munitions, such as explosives, which are proving themselves quite well. And, you know, and apparently they're not afraid of something, I mean, because they're importing... What's this news story that came out yesterday? They're, they're bringing in 7,000 Iraqis? Yeah. What's... <laughs> I mean, somebody on the forum said, oh, I'm sure none of their family have been killed by the U.S. soldiers. I'm sure they won't, you know, bring any of that hatred back with them or anything. That, that should be fine. <laughs> I mean, God. <laughs> Similar like the Lost Boys. Yeah, I mean, what's... Iraq. What's with the hubris? I mean, what, what, what are? The, I don't even understand what they're thinking when they, you know, any any clues on that? Anybody? I'm surprised it's only seven thousand. That's that's like nothing. Well, that's a. Yeah, you have people here from that's all just, over. I don't know. Yeah, Every there's so much the mystery sun. meat in this country. I mean, that jungles, you, deserts, poles—they don't care where it comes from. <laughs> you know, they just pipe it in. I I never quite understood Damn. what I mean. Okay, if I were um. If I were a greedy SOB and I were running the United States just on the basis of trying to make my class of people more wealthy, right? I, and I don't know. I guess this is how this is how you know it's the Jew and it's not just an economic thing. Why wouldn't you cultivate white culture, the most hardworking and inventive people on the planet? That doesn't make sense. Does that did, did I make did I make myself clear? Yeah, I mean, I mean yeah. It, it, to me, it just seems like there's so many negative externalities, as economists say, from these non-whites that that even Jews, right, paranoid as they are, wouldn't be able to see through their own bullshit that whites really aren't a threat to them if they would just uh, leave us alone. But apparently, that's not how they see it. They just seem to get off on destroying us purely for its own uh, pleasure of it. I think they destroy and everything, and they just they they're. There's something, yeah, something like that. It, it no, really no rational like person. Different. I don't even if they think differently. How are you going to look at these these niggers and Mexicans coming in here and think, oh, they're making it better? Uh, maybe I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just not able to put my mind, make my mind that alien. Yeah, well, see I mean, there's a lot of different eyes, factors. There's a lot of different factors that you know could figure into 
why they're doing what they're doing. Or but perhaps they just think that they're Jews and they're supreme and that we're all niggers to them. I've, I've that, wondered about I think that. that's what it comes down to. Really? Is that... And it's just something that's built into their... I think it's built into their psyche. Um, they destroy... They destroy what what they're a part of. They're natural parasites. They have no other option but to do that. They they don't they don't calculate and think. Well, well, you know, 150 years down the you know, 200, 300 years down the road, where are we going to be at? Where what what's going to happen? They they don't care about that. They're 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 around for the here and now. I mean, yeah, they're they in for the short term. A, they have a very strong disdain for for non-Jews. They just consider them inferior. I know that just from various uh, personal interactions with them. Just from from casual flipping offhand remarks. Yeah, and not like, not just the people, individuals, the, everything that we represent, everything yeah. that non-Jews represent. I mean, and and it doesn't matter mm-hmm. what, that, and that's why communism is so attractive to Jews in general because it's nothing. There, it, it, it it's it's absolutely nothing. It, it's a society of of nothings, and and what, what you know, what we have in America is a society of free thinking. People who who were progressive who who were progressively making things better until they sunk their little filthy hook noses into them. The prehensile, um, the prehensile snouts <laughs> into the the fabric of American society. <laughs> yeah, that's until, right. until they created our conspiracy theory for us. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, we've been taperized. We've been taperized. <laughs> <laughs> Taperman's in. All the only Taperman's in free. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I, I do. I wonder what they think. And you're right about communism. But communism was just a way for them to knock over the natural aris- the natural Aryan aristocracy in these countries and replace it with Jews. That and or at least that was the function of it. Um, replace it with a system where it's where it's. Uh, I mean, it's the ultimate. I mean, they they do they they, they perform commun you know they convert everything to communism. Uh, whether it's through capitalism or some other, or, or just straight up, you know, killing off everyone who doesn't agree, like they did in, in the Soviet Union, you know, I mean, th- they're just doing it slower over here, and they they've tried both both ways of doing it, and yeah, it's it much slicker. Yeah, it seems yeah. to be working well, a lot better for them here. So it breathes a little. It's more like cotton versus like some man-made exactly. material. It's like a, it's less of a shock to the psyche. Yeah, it's, Pe- it's, people. It's a bit more flexible, it. but it's still ultimately very constraining. Yeah, they're just trying to keep us turning the other cheek long enough to get the noose over us. They're not going to be nice to us once. I mean, the NKVD and the these these Soviet political officers they weren't. It wasn't communistic platitudes when they were going and uh, shooting people in the back of the head and just burying them in shallow graves en masse. I mean. They weren't saying it's, you know, for the good of, it, you know, it's for the good of society or anything like that. It was just yeah, we're just not human. I mean, other people are not human. We're in the shape right. of humans. We kind of look the, like humans. Their social policies follow naturally from the way they portray rural whites on TV. You know, the deliverance meme is big. They have one of those phone ads that plays off their own movie, and see, that's how it's a it's a reinforcing loop of things that you can't get away from. A set of stereotypes that they never deviate from. So what a chance in a new, okay, we got a real white southern boy and girl, you know, they're raped, ah, big fucking deal, you know, their they're, they're grandparents probably own slaves, they, they deserve it, a little payback. Oh, from Tennessee, let them cry and sell them Mylar balloons at a 200% markup, that's all they deserve. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to make a, a Detroit version of Deliverance. 
Yeah. You know, the fucking rap version, you know, driving through See, the you could have niggers wandering through the... That, <laughs> tell the people, people don't even realize this, how, how much, like, has reverted to a state of uh, a nature in Detroit. Oh, they just you know, found... Um, I mean, they just found... Uh, th- I guess the cops did some, uh, like, a raid or whatever on, on one of these abandoned houses in Detroit. And... Uh, they they were looking for you know squatters or drugs or whatever. I guess they just found some pregnant woman living in this house. There was no heat, no hot water in it. I mean, it's like Africa, anyone? You know, I mean, it's like, uh, yeah, it, it's friggin' yeah, it's Africa. It's just it's that's a exactly like a scene in Hunters Africa Audio where, where where they show the the blacks occupying the the white farmhouses after like oh, they've yeah. dri- been driven out, and they show yeah, little they, niggers roosting there on the hearth and looking at or the windows sitting in the are all busted out and it's something and looking up and at them like human rats you know like <laughs> yeah. and they were contrasting these, the fine china or the little uh, I, I noticed they contrasted the little the little service bell that was uh, bolted to the edge of the table in Africa Audio uh-huh. they were showing this delicate little bell that these aristocrats would ring for service uh, and they were contrasting it with this, you know, the violence that had ensued. It's kind of like that movie Twelve Monkeys, you know, where the the people were living underground because of this. Uh, there was some bio disaster up on yeah. the surface, and all these animals yeah. are walking around in the halls of Congress and stuff, and these lions are in <laughs> <laughs> these high rises and you know, uh-huh. just kind of <laughs> shuffling through this stuff. That's kind of what it's like. I mean, because it's not they're not anything that could sustain that, and yet they're they're forced into it. But yeah, the Nigs like have as much relation to that colonial manor as as mice do. If, if it had been abandoned and, and left the rust, you know they they yeah. couldn't build it, they couldn't sustain it, they can't figure well, out how to work the toilet. And that's what yeah. I don't understand. Is like, don't they understand that they need whites to sus- sustain that, or are they? What are they hoping Fuck, no. for here? They're well, not even smart not enough anything. to know that they're dumb. <laughs> they're not fucking smart enough <laughs> to understand that at all. <laughs> you have to reach their IQ level before yeah. you realize that there are people smarter than you. <laughs> they have not achieved that <laughs> threshold. <laughs> That's a fine line, man. Like? <laughs> all they know is they look in and they see they see the white men do they they dimly ape it. You know, oh, I put a tie around my neck. You know, yeah. I jump in the tub, but they don't know. They can't connect cause to effect at all. Things are right. just, I mean, you know, they're, magical they're, to them. Their thinking goes. Uh, their thinking goes as far as I'm living and I'm breathing, and I, you know, and that's good enough for me. You're fucking living in a house. I'm I mean, hungry. There's, I got a shit. I want to fuck something. Yeah. You know, wanna, that's all they know. There's a Animal. ground hole. There's a there's a ground a squirrel I dug a hole. I think I'll go fuck it. But um, <laughs> I, I, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's what it comes to. It's just you're going back to nature. I think on that ruins of Detroit site, um, they have a, a <laughs> satellite. satellite Satellite image yeah. of, of the the foliage. The squirrels be stealing all our whole women. <laughs> you know what? I was going to mention those. Sat- Alex was talking about nature reclaiming things. I was going to mention. Go ahead. Yeah. Those satellite shots where. Yeah, the foliage is like returning uh, to Detroit. I mean, it's got like yeah. a it's got like little green and red dots. The green represents you know where the where the foliage is is taking over or, or is is uh, I guess more prevalent than reclaiming maybe years ago. Yeah, reclaiming yeah. the area, and uh, in Detroit, it's all green, and all around Detroit, it's all red, where you know the suburbs are. So basically, the forest is <laughs> taking over the city. You can because, see it uh, from outer space. It's like yeah. the Great Wall of China. You can see negrification <laughs> from <can> outer space. <laughs> you can see <laughs> destruction. From, you can but see it is funny to see the middle of like an urban area turned back into like a <laughs> nature. Well, yeah, they, they were saying the they were saying on the um, what do they call them brown areas? Site, 
the the quail the quail are apparently like um like migrating <laughs> making a comeback. Are, are they in the Renaissance Center yet? Have they picked up occupancy? <laughs> oh man! <laughs> but What's the Renaissance? Describe. People probably don't even know what the hell that is, but it's some kind of. It's Giant. just the, whenever you see the Detroit uh, uh, like cityscape or whatever, it's it's the two big twin towers. Um, they're not that big, really. They're really pretty puny compared to that. To well, the World weren't Trade they trying to lure suburbans in into Detroit to do those, or maybe you know how they built like the Inner Harbor in Baltimore? Yeah, I mean they're 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 trying to uh, redevelop the waterfront front right right now, but it's. It's not happening. There's, you're not moving into Detroit. I mean, you got to pay a three percent income tax when you live in Detroit on top of your state, and, and you got your, your your insurance. You live in you live in Detroit. Your your auto insurance automatically goes through the roof because niggers drive like shit. Um, you know all these all these you know property taxes kill you in Detroit. Uh, most of them, you know, live in condos or whatever. If you're white and you actually live in Detroit, you would move to a condo development or something like that. But still, I mean, you're going to be paying um, ridiculous amounts of rent to live what in a What percentage of Detroit, Detroit is white people? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, uh, around 10% or less. Oh, my God. I think wow. it's less than 10%. I think it's you're around... You're getting your 10. Harari on. <laughs> <laughs> I would say it's... It's so all Soweto up in there. I would say it's around. Uh, uh, yes. <laughs> of course, many of these uh, Amer- Americans may not know what what Harari and Soweto are. Shit, they're gonna figure it out. Detroit's the new Harari and Soweto. They'll be like, they'll be like, Charlotte, Charlotte, North Carolina is the new Detroit. <laughs> yeah, you pay more taxes, but uh, my God, three percent on top of whatever the state is—I'm sure that's not very friendly. And then yeah. the federal, and, and it's all for the privilege in, in Mucky Central. It's a white tax. I mean, look at the, um, what's property yeah. tax like there in the white areas—the few white areas that, that exist. Oh, in Detroit. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, it's not—it's not as bad as if you li- maybe lived in the suburbs, but there's just there's there's no white areas in Detroit. It doesn't oh, really? exist. No, they don't exist. There's no such thing as a white area of Detroit. The closest thing you might come to a white area of Detroit, I would say, has maybe 15% white people. That's a white area. Hey, have, a white man for Whiteland, have you ever been to Whiteland? Have you ever been to East St. Louis? Uh, no, I have not. Oh, done. I wanted to hear you contrast East St. Louis with Detroit because I've really never seen Detroit. Yeah, maybe uh, we should chip in and go. send you on a field trip, you know, so you can take notes. <laughs> you could be like Steve Irwin. You could be like Steve Irwin. Oi, what, 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 what are these crazy niggas up to? If you guys rent me an armored car, I'd <laughs> <laughs> This is a slightly you, you different You saw that species. dude in South Africa in one of those blog spots down there where he's like, uh, we got to get going now. There's, every time there's like more than about three blacks getting together, they start getting worried. There's like... It's, it's like back in the eighties, I couldn't even afford to live in, the, in this flat. You know, was this was yeah. the best part of Johannesburg, and now it's all boarded it up. It looks and, like a war zone. It, oh, it's it, crazy! It looks worse than Iraq. I mean, it looks. <laughs> I, I, I guess it's just East St. Louis writ large, probably Detroit is. <laughs> yeah. It's, God, that's God. frightening to think about. It is. I, it, uh, you really wonder how they maintain any social services at all without. Is it near to going? To, now what? It was. Def- they had that. They had this they coon, don't. Kwame Kirkpatrick. Is he still the, the head of it? Yeah, they reelected yeah. him for a second term. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they, this is they a young coon him. in the way up. Head of a, he, he went to like Harvard 
you know, he's you know, send send these up and coming niggers to Harvard where they they learn municipal services, and yeah, they're going to be the next generation. Yeah, he went to Harvard business, didn't he? All they do is they go back to their their Groyd Central and they stick a diamond football. in their ear, and the, and their city goes bankrupt. While you're yeah, taxes he's like go a huge he's a huge nigger. He is massive. He played football for um, I'm yeah, pretty sure in man. college. He's big yeah, he, man. I mean, he's, yeah. <laughs> he's got like eight bodyguards, even though he's fucking. He's guy's got to weigh two hundred seventy pounds. He's about six, probably about six six, and uh, he's got you know all his his posse. Um, he, I think I said this before on Free Talk Live, but he went to some uh, mayor conference in Washington D.C. Oh. and he was the only mayor there with like eight bodyguards. <laughs> fucking it's none like of the other mayor fucking had any bodyguards. What do you need a bodyguard for? You're a mayor of a city. It's like, come on, dude. <laughs> it, especially in Washington, D.C. Give me a fucking break. All on tax, taxpayer, you know. Luckily, I don't have to pay taxes. Yeah, didn't right, he? He I got in a lot of trouble for that, didn't he? He had a he had like a big ass SUV that was armored oh, and oh, dude, there's so many. Sc- he had a scandal every other month. There's a scan scandal. It was like he Bill was Clinton, paying, the first black. He president. was paying. Yeah, he had the SUV, which was he was paying. Uh, he had. I guess he was just taking it out of the whatever fund. Whatever fund. Um, what I don't was it really at the same remember. time they had to dismiss a bunch of cops that year, but he was spending hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars on his own entourage? Yeah, I mean, he, he spent he spent thousands of dollars going to these, like, conferences. Um, and one was in... I know one was in South Africa. These stupid conferences, <laughs> like, it's, it's just a fucking, tr- you know, you, a vacation. You know what, now that is, that is funny, because that's the exact same thing. If you read, like... Uh, Dan Root, this guy who wrote a great book about South Africa, he constantly complains about it. He's like, he's like, look, these fucking niggers now. Well, he doesn't say that. It's probably illegal inside. He says <laughs> these fucking blacks running the new South Africa, man. All they are is like fucking international jet-setting communists. All they do is go to these fucking conferences. They aren't even South Africans. They're never even here. Yeah, and, I mean, yeah. it's, 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 what, what a world. It's big, yeah. man. If you study they, cultural anthropology, you're in Africa most of the time because that's the uh, that's the way we believe that people used to live because they haven't evolved that much, and uh, that's actually true. Um, and it, it says that in the textbook. Um, they, it's big man. You know, that's the political system, tribes and, and bands <laughs> yeah. systems. Look at Mugabe. Are bi- exactly. It's look not, at that furrow from his man. nose to his upper lip. Have you ever seen anyone with that large of like a? <laughs> I, I said I leave that dude. I'm like, damn. I think that part of the body is called the philtrum, even on apes and niggers. I've never <laughs> seen anyone with like I'm like going, damn! I've never seen anyone like that in my life. You can't Alex, tell me the same. Alex, I remember you uh, talking about some uh, <laughs> that restless leg syndrome commercial, and that and that baboon that goes, "You need to take requip." <laughs> I swear, I sit in the chair. That. I almost crawled over the back of it. I was so freaked out by that. <laughs> it is, it's I did like one of those Charlie yeah. Brown commercial things where he's freaked out by the advertising. <laughs> I'm dating myself a little, the but there's some funny shit where he's he comes on at like four times the volume. You see this in a pair of nigger lips, and you're like, holy <laughs> shit, the tapers are coming, man. <laughs> <laughs> so like, they look like orangutan lips. Their fucking hair stood on end. It was horrible. <laughs> yeah, that's what, but nothing screams scientists like these fucking... 
four or five inch long lips reaching out to fucking grab you yeah. through the TV screen. Yeah, yeah lips can pre- be prehensile as well. God. They, those are some prehensile lips, too. Download it. You can download the commercial from the website. Oh, like into the taper's nose, for Christ's sake. Just Google, like, Requip or whatever. It's yeah, 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 that, that was a, that that was a microcosm of, of our country in this day and age. I mean, you know, a, another bogus syndrome invented and another bogus pill supplied to cure it. And and who's Chris Tarrant? It's by a, a baboon with a clipboard. <laughs> it's a coon with a clip. It's a clipboard coon. <laughs> you need to take the requip. <laughs> so your legs be settling down there. <laughs> you be taking the requip and the length of black pipe, and your legs probably be yeah. settling down right away. <laughs> is there is there any good audio? Do y'all think from that uh, commercial? I've got the commercial. I, no, I'm, I'm up. quite it's, sure you can look that up online. All these I've got it here. Online. I just don't. I've, I don't have TV, so I don't know if there's any good audio from it. But I have it pulled up. I don't think the nigger talks at all. He's just mouthing things uh, in his, with his baboon. He, oh, maybe it does say you need requests. You it know, it's a typical white bread. I talked to my doctor, and he said. <laughs> and then they show the nigger like, "Yeah, take the requip, requip, man." Strange sensations in my legs. <laughs> Maybe it's a coon trying to rape you. I had restless leg syndrome. My doctor confirmed it. He said with restless leg syndrome, the symptoms usually get worse at night or in the evening when it's time to relax. And then he said something else. Requip. Oh my god. Right, right there. <laughs> right there is where he mouths Yeah, what is, have a, it's like a chimpanzee. Like, yeah, it looks like a chimpanzee. It's like a concave. He's a great doctor. Later he invited me to a PBS party. <laughs> it was a frat party. <laughs> yeah. If I'd be the slammer. She'd be all kinds of restless legs at that party. That's weird. Rush Limbaugh used to uh, have a, a spoof on restless leg syndrome just like and he he like made it up I, or I my leg has got ADD man yeah and they were they were like uh, some people have ADD in the head some people have it in their leg niggers <laughs> <laughs> have it in their third leg have <laughs> in their lips they gotta be fucking they don't care what they're fucking <laughs> Watermelon rind, hole in the you ground. Your daughter. <laughs> hey, Co ed. <laughs> what was that in um what was that about that guy? What is 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 um what's his name? You're a white white man, what's his uh ma- what's the mayor's name there? Kwesi? Kwame. Kwame Kwame He's one of those uh toothpicks. Patrick. Doesn't he have a nice picture of him with a toothpick in his mouth? It looks real nice and gangsta. Is that him? Uh, maybe he's he's always he, he's he, known as the uh, he's known as uh, Big Diamond around here because he's got a big ass diamond earring in his. his oh, yeah, he, he's an amateur Cedric the Entertainer. Yeah, he looks oh. he looks like that guy. Well, that's how. That's a very friendly. good description of him. He's a he's a, a big old fat old diamond in the ear wearing nigger type. That he sounds more like Suge Knight. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There you go. Oh, Perfect. okay. Cause I don't think I've seen Suge Knight, but he's got that face. Yeah, the, well, his face. Yeah, he reminds me of a. He's built like Suge Knight, anyway. Yeah, yeah. That, he's yeah, a big that, one. Yes, he is. He's, he a, he's a healthy he's eater. He's a big man. He gets plenty of vittles now with that uh, big ass salary and the. But but you know the in the corruption anywhere these blacks are politicians. I mean the corruptions are worse even than the corrupt whites. Well, and that's he had pretty his, bad. He, he had his bodyguards beating up the reporters from uh, the local TV station. <laughs> 
No, yeah, literally, they have it on camera. The, 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 yeah. One of his bodyguards body slams this reporter into the fucking wall. What do you do? Like do you ask a bad shot. question? Yeah, that, yeah. He was, he was trying to, you know, ask him about one of, you know, the SUV or whatever that he he had right. uh, on the taxpayers, uh, you know, fund or whatever that was. Hadn't that dude had been really? after him a few I'm times, right? Some that. white middle oh, aged yeah. guy. Yeah, He'd been doing real, real investigative reporter, and they, and they were uh, getting into it a bunch of times. I remember that. Oh yeah, that ago. guy was that guy was uh, on him, you know. And uh, surprisingly, all these stories seem to have stopped about his corruption. Yeah. But no, but, he also had like yeah. a crazy Violence party. Violence works. Um, at, at at the Manugian Mansion, which is where the the mayor's mansion here, uh, he had some <laughs> party where a stripper died. A stripper died at his <laughs> mansion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like she had untreated restless leg syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> it was too much. <laughs> she took too much of that requip. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she overdosed in requip. <laughs> she was mo- she was shaking everywhere. <laughs> she was on her Just back shaking. Some, it's like the Family Guy with the dead prostitute. It's like <laughs> <laughs> we tried to revive her. It just didn't she, work. <laughs> she, hey, maybe she was having an epileptic seizure, and they just fucking gave her like forty requips or something. But you know that tradition of of beating up investigative <laughs> reporters is is pretty much everywhere blacks run the system because in D.C. the it's Washington Times would send reporters in to interview like uh, the head of like the Africanized public schools where they taught an African curriculum and and her kids uh, beat up one of the female reporters. That's right. That, that shit goes on all the time. Yeah, and it's just like that. That um Mexican. Yo, why bitch? Why you always be reporting the negative news? You ain't never seen nothing positive about Marcus Garvey. Yeah. You, know, you know that kind of shit, just over and over. Harassing, they harassed radio and t- and uh, newspaper reporters. Yeah. In the time I was out there. Yeah. They, you know, you got the the context here is only white men are capable of appreciating and designing a system that has some kind of free speech. To niggers, no. The minute anyone criticizes you, you stop them into the ground. That's what big man means. That's I mean, exactly what it means. I'm the big man. Anyone talks against me, you know, I, I crush them. And they love Use that. whatever I got to kill them, they undercut like them, that. destroy them. They like that, too. They appreciate well, that's it. That's what they understand. I mean, that's why that's blacks loved Bill Clinton, and that's why this whole society was all, yay, on Bill Clinton, because he could get away with it. It was big manism in action. It, 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 I mean, whether you, agree, yeah. whether you agree with a sex thing or not, I mean, it was the fact that everyone appreciated that he was getting away with it or that he was slick enough to pull it off. The appreciation for that, I mean, that's that's a big component of big manism. And apparently manism. murdering a lot of people, too. Yeah. Yeah, who are you talking about? If you Clinton? believe various, you know, there's all kinds of people that they claim oh, that they had wiped out. Oh God, yeah, yeah. And his yeah, security people in Arkansas were certainly like, uh, "I'm dead." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Look president. at how many security people in Arkansas, Vince Foster, who died in a plane crash or a bullet through the top of his head, whichever Ron one Brown, came first. Yeah, yeah Ron Blank, Brown. That's right. And and but Vince Foster too. And then and there the was the girl that was gunned down outside of the Starbucks. And then there were kids out by who saw stuff going on in Mena, Arkansas, where they were, had the drugs. And, uh, yeah. The Jerry, I think the guy's name was Jerry Parks, who was head of the security detail, who was uh, in fear for his life. I, I think he was killed, <laughs> and they stole his files. And yeah. all kinds of other, other stuff like that. And, and those clowns are an inch away from getting back into power. Yep. At least it appears to me. Well, I mean, these people in now aren't any better. They're worse. I mean, it just gets what's worse. The, yeah, time. what's the difference? I mean, yeah, what is the some difference? Other variation, some other Goldberg variation. Pro wrestling. On, on awful. Exactly, pro wrestling. I mean, pro who's wrestling. the good guy this WrestleMania or Slam Mania? Yeah. I mean, who's the bad guy this time? I'll be the bad guy. You that, that's exactly how it is in the, in, the, in the minds of the average person. That is. It's like pick a side and go, you know, go with well, it. Well, no, the average, yeah, the average person, is. they don't know. They don't know that it's professional wrestling. 
and that's yeah. The they difference. think it's a legitimate. They think it's a legitimate. Like I was talking to my girlfriend the other day, and I, you know, I, I like to badger her about stuff because uh, she's, you know, I, she. I've, I've only been dating her for like six months, so I haven't really gotten a good, you know, gotten to her yet. You yeah. Know, the way I'd like. But I'll just talk to her about stuff every once in a while, and I, she's like, "Yeah, I consider myself a conservative Democrat." I'm like, "What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> that's that's a contradiction in terms. First of all, yeah, second kinda. of all, why are you a conservative Democrat? Well, because I some things about you know, it's like it's like, no, none of this shit means anything. You know, none of this shit that helps you. Well, I think the Democrats they're going to give more funding for schools. I was like, yeah, well. <laughs> Granholm, you know, the governor of uh, Michigan just did that. Uh, she gave, you know, more funding for colleges. But she also raised taxes, so what's the fucking difference? Um, you know, it's like, but these pe- they take these stupid little issues that don't really mean anything. You know, 100 bucks for taxes here or there is a big fucking deal. The big stuff is happening <laughs> in Detroit, you know, in East St. Louis, in Camden, New Jersey, and all these places. That's where, the, that's where, the, that's where society's eroding. And conservatism, if conservatism worked... It wouldn't be that way. Wow. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, that, that's about well, they won't fight. They're just not disposed to fight. They're disposed to Absolutely whine and not. think about the good old days. And Yeah, that's hey. exactly what it is. It's losing. What, I mean, I, I heard somebody yeah. else kind of say, and I paraphrase them by saying, you know, it's driving off the cliff. Conservatism is driving off the cliff at 40 miles an hour versus 60 miles an hour. I yeah, mean, it's good. losing slower. It's digging your heels in and sliding. You know, you're burning your shoes and up. And they really seem to think winning is, is evil. That's what I ultimately don't like about them as people rather than the principles. Is They, they seem to be happy with that. And it's like, look, you know, they, your ancestors are, are going to have to live in the future. They're not going to be living in the past. They're not going to be living in this present. And it's pretty clear that well, unless it, it's the trends good, change, they're going to stay it, the same and get worse. What it's all about is, is, is it's a way for them to act like they're doing something but not really do anything. And then, and then they can say when they're on their deathbed that, well, uh, uh, I, just like the whole thing, well, well, I voted for it, you know, I, before I voted against it. Um, that's what they can say, you know. It's it's uh, yeah. it's, it's their way of, of doing nothing and, and pretending that they're doing something. I mean, that you can think, you can sit around in your armchair and yell at the TV all you want, yeah. but uh, you're not changing the, uh, you know, my my mom. I'm, when I was a kid, my mom was on the big uh, anti, you know, porn kick or whatever, and and you know, degenerate shit on TV, and yeah, that's like it's a good thing to fight against, but it's not the problem. You know, you, you're you're disillusioned by something that's not a problem, and, and you're if you're you're fighting against something that's politically correct to be able to fight against, and and, and something like that's not going to change anything, and, and you're simply just you know. A, yeah, you've got to get to the root of it, but people just can't yeah, see the root. It's amazing to me how, how maybe it's just not there and never was, but they how they cannot make just a very few logical connections to understand how the thing fits and works together system, systemically to create the problem. Alex, you're thinking that they that they don't feel like they're winning, that they're justified in winning, or that they don't like winning? Or I, I like swear, I Do swear to you. Do you think it's a Jesus I, thing? Um, no, I think that would be more of a, uh, they just happen to be brought up on that, or more of a, a consequence than a cause. I, I really think some of them get almost sexual satisfaction out of, like, did, did I maybe say this before, but the guy over at Chronicles, uh, Flemio, Thomas Fleming, you know, he was, some white nationalist got thrown in jail for some kind of thought crime thing, and he just, you know, there was a ha-ha, there was a schadenfreude reaction that, that, 
you you don't act like that unless you're you know there's something there's something fundamentally wrong with you and you're 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 a little cur under the table and they kick you a little scrap once in a while by yeah. not kicking you off your server or letting you have 501c3 tax funded donations tax write offs uh but you know they're happy playing that role and yeah. there's something very pusillanimous small minded cowardly about them and i i really i honestly sometimes think it is almost sexual it's definitely biological they're losers, and, they, and at some level they enjoy it, and they think winning is evil. And that's where the Christianity definitely backs it up. You know, turn the other cheek, tr- treat others as you want to be treated, i.e. ignore your eyes, just be blind, go out in the world and trust that everybody's going to be nice and do what they should. Well, they're not going to. Yeah. And I, I think you know it's that. absolutely a Christian thing. I think it's absolutely a Jesus thing. I mean, Jesus won by losing is, is the, how the story goes. Um, right, exactly. Yeah, you'll be sorry exactly when I'm dead. Yeah. But the the sad thing about, and I think it's a martyr thing too. I yes, mean, I remember yeah. when I was when I was in uh, I was raised, in, you know, in church. You know, until I was 17, I went to church every Sunday of my life. Yep. Um, but me too. Uh, and it was and it was you know to be a martyr, it was the best the best damn thing in the world. I mean, if you were a martyr. Uh, you know that that that's the best way you can end your life. And, and isn't that amazing? In, in, yeah. It's the same way in Islam, but in at least in Islam you get something when you do it. In, in Christianity you do it and you, you get you get what you go you get to go into the clouds. It's like there's no there's there's no there, there's no point in yeah. to do it in Christianity. Like even when they do it and stuff and like that in Islam. Even when Muslims do it, they're fighting back. I mean, they they they're not just letting people kill them. They're they're not getting stoned to death in a pit. Yeah, and that and Christianity was steeped in that from the get go. I was raised in church as well. And yeah, it's it's what, what do they say? You know, if the world rejects you, good. It means that you know if the world doesn't like you, that's a good thing because it means you're godly. Because the world is evil and stuff like that, right? Yeah. Where, where's the where's the place in Christianity for I want to fight and be strong and laugh and be joyous and happy and win and triumph and overcome obstacles? Alex. Yeah. There was where's that part in it. There are records in the Old Testament when it when it applies to the Jews. Yeah. And it, that, that's the only place in the Bible where there's anything like that. And then, and then they came out with the New Testament, and and oh well, all that stuff is old hat, and you're not supposed to be like that anymore. But it's still okay for the Jews to be like that, and that's where all this shit comes from. Totally is related to Christianity. It's okay for the Jews, you know. It's it's the same way today in the Bible. It's okay for the Jews to be to act like that because uh, they're being oppressed, you know, in the Bible, and it's okay mm-hmm. for. But oh, but but now we don't need to be like that because Jesus can save you from your sins, okay? But but oh, but the Jews aren't aren't Christians, so you know they can still be like that, and <laughs> it, it's accepted, and you know they can still uh, force their their religion or not their religion, but at least their you know yeah. their destiny upon all. Uh, they can. They can control their own destiny, but we Y'all, can't. There are, we have records, we have court documents from the Roman Empire before it was the whole, before it was a, a Christian entity. I almost said Holy Roman Empire. Oh boy. Um, and there, there's an actual court record. There was a case where some, where these Christians were wanting to be martyrs. They would, uh, they would refuse to. Worship the gods in in any way that you know. There was a judge saying, "Come on, can you you want to just throw a little bit of salt over your shoulder? You'll you'll be done with it." And they were saying, "Nope, nope." They wanted to be martyrs. He actually made the guy sit in a jail cell with a nice big window in it. He said, "I want you to look outside and see how beautiful everything is." And I, this was this is in these documents. 
this judge was trying to get this guy to not martyr himself. It was just, come on, just throw a little salt over, you know, just do a little, you know, fake it. We don't care. And they didn't. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, it, it, he wouldn't do it. He, he ended up martyring himself. It's, uh, mm-hmm. so, it, it's, it's really a, I don't know, it's, it's a death, I don't know, I, I don't want to call I mean, it a some death part of that. Some part it's, of that is noble in a way. Uh, I mean, I, I can see the nobility in that, it, 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 to a, to an extent. But you don't sit in a room and starve to death, or, you know, go, go, go willingly and let the, you know, throw you in a pit and stone you to death. You fight them, you fight back, and you, you know, at least go out swinging or something. I mean, that, but it's it's that whole, you know, passive-aggressive Martin Luther King, you sit down in a chair and, you know, that you make them pick you up and move you. It's fuck <laughs> that. That's for weaklings. That's for weaklings and, and cowards. It, that's not something which is which, which is progressive, which, which solves anything. That just allows them to beat up on you more. Yeah, if you're going to martyr yourself, go out like a man. Go out like these Muslims who their only recourse of fighting back uh, Big Zog is... Uh, yeah, blowing themselves up, but doing it with a few tons of TNT. I mean, that's that's one way to to martyr yourself. That uh, that that changes something in the real world. Yeah, exactly. At least that's 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 uh, productive. If I mean, it's violent and it's nasty, but it's productive and it, it, at least it serves a purpose in the real world. It's not all about. For Christians, it's all about what happens after life. What's that's what's so dangerous living? about it. That is what. That's exactly what is so dangerous about it. Is that everything is all? I'm storing my riches in heaven. I mean, yeah, that's pretty, <laughs> yeah. I mean, no one can believe that. I mean, it comes from here. this long ass tradition of people who thought that Earth was a wretched place, and that they they were serfs and they were toiling and this backbreaking, horrible labor amidst all these horrible diseases and stuff and they were like you know this this has got okay this is hell yeah. and the, in, in, our real in, thing is the afterlife and you know i mean even jesus was that's saying that's what it's I all want, about in india my my dad went to you know travel did some traveling when he was a young man and in india from what he was telling me now i haven't confirmed this or anything but this is just what i've heard from if you go to a, a, a city like morocco where they have uh a cast, you know, they have the old cast system still kind of in place. Um, there's, there's actually like steps within the city. There's, there's, it's kind of like a, a an upside down pyramid, and there's steps all around the city. And each step, you you drop down into a lower, uh, you know, cast, and you can you you can just kind of think of where all the human waste and stuff, and where all the nastiest stuff is on an upside down pyramid. It's all in the middle, right? Well, apparently, the Christian, the Christians were the lowest of the low and they were in the middle of the pyramid and it was like the the worst ghetto it was the worst place you could go in the city um and that was and and the reason they lived that way is because they they were in their own mind they were all martyrs in their own mind you know i mean they were at the bottom of the totem pole and they liked it and they were they were happy they were there because of what they would supposedly get when they died. Yeah, well, and when you really are a slave, and when you are really the on the bottom rung of society, there's a certain strength to that. There's a certain bit of resolution, and, and uh, to that resolution, there's a, a certain uh, I don't know. There's a certain strength to it. But when these 
people are in the there's a strength middle to elite tier society. It. It's it's very bad. It's very pathological when the same attitude is being applied to people that that you know the community yeah. supposed community leaders. You know the white elite in our country is you know that's the way they are, and you know there's they. With the same self-righteous fervor that they drowned people and threw them off the cliffs and burned people thinking that they were witches and, and all that stuff. I mean, with the same self-righteousness that they were like, yeah, you take that, you know, Copernicus. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> that same you know, self-righteousness <laughs> they're using to, like, call us the haters. <laughs> you know, it's the same thing. It's, you, yeah, it's the crusading really, mentality of the knobs. We don't burn witches, we burn racists. It's so funny because my ancestor in uh, in Illinois fought the same damn thing, fought the abolitionists then, and now we're fighting the same battle now. It's these jerks who refuse to, to, hey, jerks, you won the war. Can can we now go over the results of the last 100 years and, and, and see if, if maybe that, that was a, a unhappy victory? And what are the consequences? Well, East St. Louis, you brought in the niggers. You had your way. They're our equals now. Yeah, we're the uh, ones now, occupied by foreigners. I mean, what? Who won World War II again? We, <laughs> we're the ones occupied by foreigners. We're the ones with the collapsed economy. We're the ones, you know, how did all these problems get here? What what happened? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the countries in Europe are, are just, just the same and worse. They're no better off. We're fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, and that's what they, and I'm, I've started to hear that as well. Is that they, that the Christians are saying this stuff, that, that we, okay, yeah, we're in the end times because oh, we're in shit, all these Middle Eastern oh, wars. They, they are like, you ever seen a cat with catnip? That's that's what that end times craps to those morons. I mean, oh, everything that happens, they can fucking relate yeah. it to their little, their stupid little book. You're going to be a seven-headed dragon will rise out of a lake of fire. You know, for the longest <laughs> time, as you have to I got it, seven eyelets on my shoe. What the fuck does that mean? I've yeah, been I one mean, of the most yeah, dangerous people a, because I've I was thinking these people didn't really mean that shit. I thought they were like me oh, when they I was fucking a, mean it, man. Yeah, it, it, it's 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 a very dumb, a lot. like unevolved way of trying to to make. In a way, it's it's pitiful and admirable that they're trying to make sense of the world using a little bit more sense than a nigger has, but not enough to be not fully logical. Not so that everything lot. that happens. They related to this this two thousand year old book. Well, dude, there's there's never been a time in history when there weren't earthquakes, fires, famines, and floods. It's happening all the time. Well, don't you? I think it's getting worse. I think something's on the way. Yeah, and yeah. You got Reagan saying that. I don't think those guys are joking about it. I know you said you, you thought Bush was, but I mean, I can tell you that people believe that shit. Oh, they really do. Oh, I know. It's Thanks a lot. The, the, worst, the, the, the world was not as scary as a place for me when I, and it wasn't that long ago that I actually thought that these people didn't really believe in that. They were just acting in their own interests and using that for a, a retroactive justification or, or, or whatever. It, it fit into what they already wanted to do. It fit into their plan, but no, you're right. It doesn't fit into their plan a, a lot of times, and they I, it's frightening, mm-hmm. but no, I don't. Be, I definitely don't believe that Bush believes in that stuff. I mean, he. he well, I don't think any of the. I don't think any of the politicians believe. But everyone else does. Bullshit. Yeah, yeah. They 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 pretend that they do, but they don't believe in turn you turn the other cheek and all that bullshit. You can't be a politician and believe in shit. No, like Bush that. doesn't believe that. You can't get but anywhere in politics or, or or business or anywhere believing in crap like that. But of course, the I mean, the you know the majority of the white working or white middle class in this country believe shit like that just because it 
it, it's a, you know they they can believe it and you know carry out their function in life and, and you know it's more lower lower middle class probably but I mean there there's a yeah. lot of people who really believe you know at any moment Jesus is coming down on a grand escalator out of the clouds it's a huge chunk of the people population. are going to get sucked up. Oh, it's it's probably forty percent around here, I would guess, and uh, and the other ones ain't that far from it either. Yeah, they, yeah I would they say make all these songs that. on the Christian uh, radio stations. Don't be left behind. You know all this bullshit. Like <laughs> left they, they, behind. They, they scare the shit out of kids, and th- I mean that's what basically they did to kids. I mean, I, know, I remember when I was in Sunday school that they they basically tried to scare the shit out of you. Um, they told you, you know. What was gonna happen like, when uh, when all the Christians were taken up with Jesus? But they'd be okay. But then there's gonna be all these problems on earth for everybody that didn't get raptured. But then if you're okay for a while, you you can go. To, you still go to heaven. It's like, God damn, it's some scary shit when you're a kid. You know, I mean, true. I mean, Jesus Christ, <laughs> it's like the end of the world's coming, and and they're, they're, you know they're laying all this shit on kids. But it's it's just a fear. T- it's just a scare tactic. Yeah. Um, they do it to kids, and you know. That's they do the same thing with the uh, multiculturalism. You, they they pour it on you when you're a kid, and it it kind of sticks, man. You know, it's hard to break out of it. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that's what that's what they do in churches. They do it in schools. They do it everywhere. Yeah, they um, definitely so scare people. Try to scare oh, them with all kinds of. Things. I mean, I remember they showed us this uh this uh video when I was in Sunday school, and it was like a, kind of like a professional type movie it was real it was real corny and stuff but they you know they was like futuristic everybody had these stupid silver suits on you know and they were like rounding up all the christians and like uh, we're throwing you in the we're throwing you in the uh, jail cell uh for being a christian you know and it was all i mean it was all just a big scare thing and it was like okay the first people they're gonna round up are not fucking christians and it, when i i guess when i became white nationalist i kind of realized how that i could make that same video about yeah, you know, white nationalists. Except that it, it would, would actually be, be way true. closer. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, except that it would be true because Christians. Everybody knows Christians are just sheep, and they don't. They don't. They don't pose any threat to anyone. Anyone. No, Christianity's good for uh, politicians. That's what the Romans eventually understood. That Christianity. Hey, render unto Caesar. Wait a minute. Let's. There's no use in fighting these guys. I mean, they're. They're a bunch of pussies. They'll they'll do what uh, and it always was. It was always a feminine religion, and Christians will argue that with you uh, as the day is long. But it's true. Christianity was always seen as a as a feminine, a very very feminine, as opposed to the Mithraism and the the uh, Saul Invictus stuff that was going around at the time that the men were into. Yeah. But the uh, yeah, Christianity was for women and slaves. I mean, there's a story of the Countess of uh, Ol- Countess Olga from Russia visiting the Byzantine Empire in about the second century, and she converts to Christianity. And her son, she's trying to talk her son into uh, converting into Christianity, and his uh, his posse is making fun of him, saying, "Yeah, you should put on some you know panties too." Basically, is what they were saying, you know. Yeah, you should just totally be a woman, you know. It's uh, yeah, they're making fun of him for being a puss because he's thinking about converting to Christianity. So yeah, it's always been something for the for the low end of society to help them cope with the either the realities of the world or the political realities. But god damn it, the political realities are as such now that we don't have a choice except for to fight. We. We can't. We're not. You know, it's yeah, either exactly. it's either fight or die. It's it's beautiful because it's nature, and we get to take 
we get to take part in it. You know, this is like the American, this is the second American Revolution, and I'm not trying to be, uh, you know. Dramatic or juvenile. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not trying to. This is fucking revolution. This is, if you thought that you would, you know, because people like to think that, you know, everyone and their brother right now, if you ask them today, hey, what would you be doing in, you know, in the late 1700s? Oh, I'd be with George Washington crossing the Delaware. Well, damn it, you've got the chance now because it's time. It's, we're getting close to, I, I mean, thinks, I mean, it's, it's coming, yeah. as we say. These monkeys don't need to be running things. We need to be running things. If you, you know, if you want to, and neither do these these evil white clowns and, and Jew tools who are writing the papers. We don't need them to be running. They've been running things long enough. I've had to endure that crap my entire life, and I'm tired of it. I want them out. Yeah, there needs to be some accountability for bad fucking decisions. There's no accountability. Yeah, they, for you know, bad if they had any integrity, it's like I said, they would sit down and, and review the, the results of the last thirty years just to take one little section. Yeah, and yeah. review and and complete and, and, utter failure and lies and covering it up. You know, yeah. so uh, why not? <laughs> it's time for us to come in. We need a new barn boss. It doesn't just happen. You have to take control. No one's just going to give it to you just because they fucked up. So, no, that's um, for sure. No, it's <laughs> nature. Nature is a struggle, and and and. You know the Jew is a parasite, and and what what does it do? Is it t- it tells you not to fight back? I mean, God, if a parasite could tell you, if a parasite could talk to you, it would tell you the same thing. It would tell you, no, don't take that medicine, don't don't listen to goy fire, don't. You, you know. need requip. You need requip. Yeah, yeah. You need all this stuff for your brain. You surely don't need logic. You need uh, you know, Prozac. And mm-hmm. you know, Jews tell you not to not to organize on the basis of uh, of race, which is the most powerful political organizing principle Jews there tell is. You not to do, do yeah, it. yeah, Fucking yeah, do it. yeah. Don't ignore your most instinctive natural response to the crap you see around you. It's right. I can guarantee you, know? you if there's something the Jews are telling you as a white person not to do, it's, it's probably good opposite. thing to do. You know, white uh, man, right. you could. You think about it. You, I've done a thought experiment before, just laying down trying to take a nap. I was just like, you know, we we kind of laugh and say it's the exact opposite of everything. So okay, well, it, what that, if that's I were the, that's the place to start. Yeah, I mean, it that's is. The, it it's is. a goddamn good shorthand well, guide. It's the perfect rule of thumb. Well, and, you know, saying, you white know, man. Hey, wait, wait. Think of, think of this, white man for white land. You're you're only racist because you've never dealt with any blacks. <laughs> if you dealt with them, you'd see that they're just like we are. Exactly. Why are you so bigoted? <laughs> yeah, it's the fucking opposite. It's it's that's I mean it's opposite of everything. If they tell you on TV, well, people are racist because they haven't been cultured. No, it's the exact fucking opposite. Everybody I know that's racist is because they learned about other people's cultures. Yeah, racists racists are toothless rednecks. Well, uh, I keep getting PMs from engineers and anthropologists, and you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't, how about that? I, hey, I would take the pot. I would take a white nationalist, and I mean. And it's kind of funny because if we know our own like little group, and it's and we, we might roll our eyes at this, but still on a on a round of Jeopardy, I would take a random sampling of white nationalists over a random sampling of the general population any day of the week. I, I agree. I think, and I, I wouldn't I, look back. And I know all of, I'm all kind of, of my aware friends of the, that are yeah. all of my friends that are white nationalists. I mean, I would consider them as I would consider them as as pretty goddamn intelligent. I mean, on, honestly, there, there's maybe only a couple 
and I won't say their names for obvious reasons because they'll kick my ass. You have to be able to see through the. <laughs> you have to be able to intellectualize things. You know, just like this, you have to be able to like have that filter up and say, okay, let's see. So I'm watching this commercial, and this woman is showing a man how to change a tire. Okay, if I flip that around, and men know how to change tires, and I guess men would give <laughs> a woman advice if she needed to change a tire. Okay, that's how reality really is. Okay, it works. You know, you have to have this filter up to to be able to. I mean, after a while, I guess, laugh at things, but be able to actually make sense out of the world as it actually presents itself versus yeah. v- versus this multi-cult nightmare that they want us to believe. And not only do they want us to believe it, but th- they want to put us in jail for not believing it, they, they w- for not going along with it. It's like, yeah, it's like... Yeah, the, okay. I've never seen the film, but the guy on the bus making them sing Row, 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 Your Boat, it, it is, man. <laughs> yeah. I would say ninety percent of the, you know, I would say ninety percent of the white male population in this country is way too over obsessed with sports. Just think, you know, yeah. what if an, what if a, you know, an alien just just for not an illegal alien, like an alien from outer space came down and took a look at the population. Would he think that ninety percent was was more intelligent than ones that were obsessing over a fucking game? I mean, no, no one, th- no one could possibly believe that that that. Your obsession with sports makes you somehow more intelligent, or the fact that you know who fucking made a touchdown in Super Bowl twelve, you know, whatever the third yeah. quarter, <laughs> makes you more intelligent than someone who takes facts, interprets them for themselves, uh, logically, you know, breaks down, aggregates what they see around them, and makes decisions based on what they what they see, not their emotion. I mean, that that's true intelligence. That's yeah. that's that's true. You know, politics, that's true everything. I mean, that's that's what humans are made to do. That's what humans are supposed to do. You're not supposed to take a fucking game, turn it into their life, or take, take a, you know, pro-wrestling politics, turn it into their life. Spread circuses with uh, the addition of statistics. Sports. Yeah, and that, and that makes you intelligent because you can, it, you know... Like Rush Limbaugh, it's Rush a way Limbaugh. to masculinity. I think. I mean, that's Rush Limbaugh says, "Oh, you can apply. You know, football's a great game because you can. Uh, you know, remember, remember Rush Limbaugh when he was a he was like an NFL broadcaster for a while, and then he kicked out for saying got kicked out for saying something racist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, he, he's obsessed with football. He loves football. He's like, you can make you, you know, you can football's like life, man. Every everything in football, you could relate it to life. Fucking, I can make dry drywalling. Yeah. A, you know, everything a building about there, life. Man. Okay, and you could relate anything to life. Football is not life. Sports are not life. The TV is not life. Nothing about it is like life. Life is life. You're supposed to live it <laughs> for yourself, not for fucking nigger ball or Rush Limbaugh. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. mean, you're supposed to jump in and participate and fight. You know, you're supposed to participate in political life and in you know, if you're if you're in college, you're supposed to jump in there, you know, and, and like chase girls and be involved and like you know just just be a gregarious participant in your own right, life. But, you know? but that's what I tell that, these guys. They up there playing video games all day. I mean, yeah, but to do that today, you have to you have to play into the whole. I mean, to be honest, it's hard for somebody like me to do that in college because then I have to you know you know to to hang out with guys that you know your average college. Student, male college student, I have to learn. I'd have to learn a shitload about sports. You know, I have to take a sports class or something because I haven't given a shit about sports since I was like, you know, thirteen years old. You know, I haven't. I don't know. You just have to draw people to you. You have to. You have to draw people into what you're doing. You know, you have to, and you know they'll listen if you if you're talking about something that they've never heard. I mean, people are attracted to the truth. That's what I've found. I mean, I can talk. 
about a lot of things, and people will, I mean, guys, really listen to it, and they, they want to hear more because you're talking about stuff that they've never heard before. And, yeah, but there, they I mean, there's get a some sense of that, that it's true. Dice, there's, that's true. That's very true. I mean, I mean, you can't just simply opt out of life just because it, it's not coming to you. But at the same time, I, I honestly don't think college is a good place to do it. I've, I've, I've tried, and these fuckers, I, they're just too stupid to understand or care. That's just that's what it comes down to. I've, I've tried talking to them. I've tried talking to people. For example, when I had I had that fucking African American literature class in college, you know, I tried, tried talking to a lot of people in that class. Um, and it was like, well, you know, they agreed with what I was saying, but it's like, fuck it, there's a football game on, I gotta go, you know, drink some beer or whatever. Yeah. And it was just like, well, I'm not gonna keep trying and badgering you if you don't care. So, I mean, I, I, we I don't, don't have know, to I guess the badger them, and it's not are. mutually exclusive that, you know, if they wanna go that and drink a, go watch football and drink a beer, I mean, go watch football and drink a beer with them, I mean, but. Oh, no, I agree. Yeah. It, it's, it's like. But uh, yeah, but it's 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 to the point where it's it's obvious that they're not going to care. They're not going to care if you go sit there and drink a beer with them and watch football. It's not like okay, now let's listen to what you have to say. No, <laughs> it's no. not like let's do what I want to do, then we'll do what you want to do. It's no, like no, 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 no let's no. go what, do what I want to do. I don't want to talk about that shit because it's hard. It makes me think. I have to I have to I have to go out of my comfort box. You know what I mean? What so, you have to do is present it as rebellion. Yeah, that's what it is. That's a hundred percent of it. You have to present it as rebellion. Present it. Present it like uh, you know, men, young men want these things. See, we're we're past, you know, it's like the postmodern's really starting to to crawl up its own ass. I mean, because it's young men actually are returning to their biology of wanting, um, you know, to know where the boundaries are, wanting to know what manhood and discipline, being self-disciplined and stuff like that is about. I mean. I didn't learn that stuff because, you know, my dad. My dad was trying to. Well, God, he was working twenty hours a day, but, uh, you know, trying to keep my mom at home to raise us. Uh, but you know, guys, we, our dads. Most of our dads didn't teach us that stuff. I mean, they didn't teach us how to have some self-discipline and how to uh, judge the world for what it was. But men are still strangely, like, attracted to. S- a person's words that that they can, um, you know, they can they can talk like that. That they can they can uh, summon yeah. these, uh, you know, these oh, yearnings that these, are natural yeah, and that that we have as far as, you know, like when growing up and and, and being a man. I mean, you. I don't know. You have I mean, to understand the lay of the land and the forces that it, play and at work and yeah. where you fit in it. Yeah, you don't you don't get it from any other place in society, but it's something that, uh, you know, when you talk to them about the right stuff, I mean, because, hey, young guys that are college age, man, they, they at least in the back of their head, are they're kind of paying attention to this war thing, too, you know, and if they're not paying attention, all you have to tell them is, you know, hey, whatever you think you're going to be doing next year watching football, if your ass gets drafted, I mean, you better fucking pay attention to what's going on, you know, because you're, you're not going to be at a bar next football season, you're going to be in a rag and your ass shot off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yeah, you're right. You it better takes... pay attention to what's actually going on and get involved with the real thing, you know. But And yeah, they'll... And even people that are really interested and want to hear what I say, and I speak with them like every day now, um, you know, they, they go back to their sports and video games and all the other crap, but they still want 
to know more. And, you know, maybe I'm planting a seed for later on. You know, you can't... You, you, I don't know. Your expectations just have to be in a different place, I guess. Oh, no. I, I mean, I, I, I agree. But I, I guess... I guess, yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily see the point in, in harping on it so much to somebody that's... I mean, it's just simply... It, it, and I see a lot of the people that I talk to. It seems like they talk, they talk to me, or they listen to me, or it, it, they do it just because it's entertaining for them. It's almost like I'm entertaining them with my with my view. <laughs> Am I amusing you like a political clown? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know what it's you like mean. it's like it's it's like something. Yeah, it's like something fun for them. They could be oh wow, somebody's got a politically incorrect viewpoint over here. <laughs> Let's listen yeah, to this yeah, guy you're for a exactly while. Right. And, and then, I mean that's where that's where I get I get a lot of that I get a lot of the well I just don't want to hear it. so it's almost like I'd rather put my time my time into doing my blog or doing a radio show or whatever where I can do it where I don't have to sit there and and you know talk to somebody talking to somebody face to face there's nothing that can uh, you know substitute for that 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 that's the best way to get to somebody yep. right. but it's I think you can reach more people I mean if you just put your Certainly, there's a there's some of that that you need to do, but I I would say I would say just don't don't put it all in trying to talk to people face to face, because I mean I would say that ninety it's sad, but I would say that ninety you know eight percent of the people that you talk to are probably gonna either th- just listen to you for the entertainment value alone, or the, or you know just basically listen to you because they're humoring you or whatever. Um, I mean, and that's fine to play. Well, you're right, but and, look, what and, did they what did they start off with the American Revolution? Four percent, three percent. You know, you don't need that ninety eight percent. That ninety eight percent is never going to move. No, I, I, I know that. I know that, but I, I I would think I would say that I would say that. I mean, I guess you got to just do it do it on an individual basis. Determine whether the person's serious, whether they have potential. I mean, don't waste your time talking to somebody for an hour and a half. And, yeah. You know, in, in well, I have people that I see every day, so they get to know right. me, they get to like me, and they they get to they get to, under, to know that like I know a lot about politics and history, and you know they're they're freshmen, so it doesn't take a lot to impress them. But the funny thing is that almost to a man, they all know about nine eleven because it's a it's a a lot of them are in mm-hmm. aeronautics and in flight school, so. Therefore, they get a semester of aeronautics and flight school under their belts, and they're like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> they're like, uh, there's no yeah, way those guys did that." Piloted the plane. Yeah, <laughs> so there's something, or the, or there, it's like a it's like a tech school, so it's like engineers and stuff like that. So I mean, all of them know what's going on about. It. So I, you know, I like to talk about that and engage their feelings on that because it it we aren't gonna nothing's gonna be tipped over on the basis of writing. Uh, the racial or correcting the racial paradigm in this country. It, it, I don't think it is. It ain't gonna. This this country ain't gonna get better solely on the basis of correcting, uh, you know, no. the racial paradigm. It's gonna be something else. And that, I mean, I'm a fan of driving 9/11 as hard as possible because that explains that explains the 21st century as it's happened so far. All these yeah, things and I guess, that around. Yeah, us. I guess if you're gonna put your, I guess if you're gonna talk to people face to face and seriously try to make it. You know, but see, it opens up. It starts. It starts. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, you can take that twine and pull it and unravel the whole damn sweater. You know, because look, how how are they getting away with not reporting it? Well, the media. Well, why? Because we're protecting Israel and Jews own the media. And there you go. You're ten minutes into the conversation and you're letting them know that Jews own the media. Look, I can pull it up for you yeah. on the internet. Look, you know, I mean, 
they responded yeah, to that I mean, stuff. I, like I said, like I said, you gotta you gotta judge the individual. I, I just I, there's so many people that I talk to, and I just when I, when I first start talking to them, I know within five minutes whether or not my words are just going in one ear and out the other because I can just see the vacancy in their eyes, you know. Oh yeah. That yeah. they just don't have a brain in their head. So I guess you know you got you gotta deal with it on an individual basis. Definitely. And like like we do on the forum, you know. Or form, or even on the radio show, you repeat shit and you say it. Not necessarily for the person that you're talking to, but there might be people around you, and those are the pe- those are the best people. That those are the people that pick stuff up. That you know, that's that's where the seeds planted. Not usually not in the person that you're talking to, because usually when you're talking to someone, and you get into a political discussion, it turns into a debate, and then they're fighting you instead of trying to understand. I mean, I mean that seems that seems to be what happens to me a lot. Well, you definitely you don't know? want to get into a. Well, I mean, debates are okay, but you don't want to get them to where they dig in their heels. That's the worst thing you can do. Well, when you talk about race, that's the, good luck, man. Well, I yeah, mean, you, well, you don't talk about race. You talk about Jews. Oh, well, yeah. You know, I mean, if <laughs> okay, <laughs> I, I guess I guess you're you're. Uh, your experiences are a li- little different than mine. I yeah. Know. What's yeah. the best way to approach stuff like that? <laughs> well, we also go to I different campuses, it. too. I mean, yeah. you know, the, I, I, we get really bona fide nerds at this school where I spend all day. I mean, we're way bona fide. It's like, you know, physics and aeronautics school, you know what I mean? So it's right. it's not like the liberal arts college that I, that are not a liberal arts yeah, college. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. You know, and you can watch a football game. There's plenty of points you can make about race when you're watching that. Like, oh, like yeah. point where the announcer's afraid to say that. What a dumb nigger. <laughs> you know, he hit that guy five yards out of bounds. <laughs> can, can these niggers ever learn? Like I was reporting on them doing that back in 1982, Bob, and, you know, nothing's really changed. <laughs> <laughs> 25 years later, niggers still can't down a punt inside the five, and they still can't refrain from knocking someone on his ass when it gets them a 15-yard penalty and keeps them out of the Super Bowl. You know, they're just chicken in the end zone, Bob. Niggers <laughs> <laughs> stop. There's a number yeah. of funny things. All right, let's there's bring there. up a round of last points here. Let's. let's That's bring, a Jesuit thing. Meet them where they are and lead them back to the true way. And you know, you got to use your discretion, a time and a place. Yeah, people are trying to think that anyone who's interested in politics is kind of obsessed if they care about it more than sports, That's true. say, or you money. Know, if you have if you have a serious uh, you know viewpoint that you care for, you're kind of a little bit weird. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> but as long as you're a good, uh, basically a good guy, and you, you got a good character, that's gonna uh, what you are is always gonna carry more weight than what you say. And and it will it, you put stuff out through your mouth, and it will sit in people's heads for years. Yeah. You, you will remember things that people told you that maybe you didn't even know what they meant fully, or it just struck you, and then it, it, they mature later on. Yeah. Think but it's more. It. Yeah. But you're right. It's more of the way you are and your impression on people that plants that mm-hmm. seed. Almost, or at least in my experience, more than anything anyone told me, it was the way people. And I was like, I mean, my my grandparents affect. Affected me a lot. They were stand-up folks, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. and yeah, I mean that—that's what's really made me look at the world the way it is, rather than how we want it to be or how the news says it is, or you know, what's subjective mm-hmm. reality as far as you know I can tell. Because there's a world that exists independently of what I feel and what I want there to be. Amen, you know? brother. And I, it doesn't I, I give a damn. That. I, I swear that's the it's basis hard. of the whole damn thing. It is. It is. It's. It, it, it doesn't. To me, at least, it doesn't matter what we think. 
it, I mean, ultimately, we have to... It, it matters, and we can theorize, but you always well, must check it against objective reality. Otherwise, you get into a very dangerous area. When you become a duo, we're just going to make it that way. We're creating new realities. Well, you and your little radio show will tell you explore the change we've already created. We are acting and creating new worlds. Now, remember that, that quote about the yeah. Iran... That's what those suckers said about the, the war over there. And that's the way that Jews treat reality, is that it's something to be molded, that it's something to be, you know, and that ha- that's in their liturgy, that's in their belief, man. I mean, they, there is no, mm-hmm. you know, they say it's postmodernism that there is no objective fact. That's Judaism, that's Jewism. Mm-hmm. Everything postmodern is Jew, that's just the code of Jew. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to think of it. Yeah. But, but yeah, but we're, we are. Hey, we're, this building looks like it's falling down. Isn't that cool? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's probably yeah. the Holocaust Museum. Love it. Wonderful. <laughs> you it's really the got something building there. In the city. <laughs> yeah, and that's what we hope for. We hope for a time when the people are beautiful and the architecture is beautiful and the music's beautiful and the art's beautiful. What, what if we pretend that blacks are people? <laughs> Dude, it's a breakthrough. <laughs> it's just like that Jackson Pollock scene where the sucker's flipping paint onto the... Oh, Jackson, you broke it through. It's <laughs> a barrier of this fucker's... He's flinging paint. I swear to God, it looked like the dude was pissing on the canvas. And you're like, that has got to be the ultimate Jewy scene out of all cinema I've ever seen. And Pollock wasn't a Jew, but the woman claiming it was a breakthrough was... All right, and that's guys. what they've done to society. They've knocked it over and piss-painted on it. Yeah. Yeah, they've made everything beautiful, ugly, <laughs> and it's up to us to make it beautiful again, and they ain't going to give it to us. Yeah, they ain't we gotta give it to We us. need you people listening in to join us, even if that's just circulating this show, because we always archive them and put them up. And go read our do blog spots at Why Detroit little, is, is Crap, right? DetroitIsCrap.blogspot.com. GoVNN.com, VNNForum.com, where we all discuss this stuff around the clock. Great blogs, and by the way. Maybe meet people in your own area, even for local networking. <gasps> all right, guys. Hey, thanks for thanks for having me on, and uh, no, thanks. thanks enjoy talking to you guys. Thanks as always for being on. All right. Well, uh, good night, folks. Hopefully, we can do it again next week. I'm sure we'll do it on Monday with Jeff Beck. And Looking forward to the Goy Flare as well. Yeah, Goyfar 48 Yeah, we take 48, and that'll be out uh, as soon as we can get it up. Probably about Monday or so, I would guess. Maybe earlier. All right. Good night. All right. Good night, guys.
It's like Waco when the tank is ramming the building and knocking down the whole back third and running over people, and they're blaring on loudspeakers. This is not an assault. It's like in Mars Attacks when the aliens are running around particle beaming everybody, and they're going, don't run. We are your friends. Ah, ah. 